What can we expect from season Welcome to Danden Bravo, a podcast news magazine uh, for your ears. A cultural platform uh, when we, in which we break down the biggest cultural events of each year, one by one. One by one. And the year, and the year in question today is 1990. 1990. 1990. Hey. <laughs> Say goodbye to the 80s, finally. 80s, gone. gone. Um, it was too much fun. Yeah. <laughs> we enjoyed it too much. Um, I wish we would have done this for the 80s, though. Right. We should have done this. We, maybe yeah. we, we can. Uh, we could do it. Maybe we s- sign up to our Patreon. We'll do it there. Yeah. Start paying us, finally. <laughs> Start paying us already. We've been asking you for a while. Start paying us, please. Uh, it's Dan and Bray Presents. Uh, Sports? No. No. Uh, no. <laughs> well, maybe just my segment later, but yeah, it's Dan and Bravo. It's Dan and Brave presents. It's it's Dan and Brave presents Dan and Bravo dot FC for content, um, <laughs> yeah. or for culture. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We listen. You already listened to that season five intro episode where we fully explained what this is. But yeah, we're gonna go through cultural events of every year. This is 1990, and I'm uh, your one year old brand <laughs> at this point in time. Right? Yeah, one. I turned one this year, 1990. Yeah, same. <laughs> I also turned uh, one this year. I think uh, Dave would have been the oldest uh, at this time. But it's uh, presenter Danny here. It's Dan and Bravo, and we're the season five guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am your presenter, Dave. Um, yep, I was one year. I was born in 88, so I was I was going into this year as one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and I was one with many things. I was one with culture, actually, that early on. So this is, re- I remember all this shit, actually. It's just going to be yeah. all very redundant <laughs> to me. Because I yeah, was. Yeah, same. <laughs> you were tapped in. I was tapped in from the get-go. Dave, wh- I was going to ask you, what is a Dan and Brave Presents news magazine? What does that mean? So, you know, there's shows on the networks, uh, <laughs> like, for example, there's one Extra. called Extra. I don't watch it, but it's on there. And there's something called... Access Hollywood. What's the other one called? Enter- Entertainment, Entertainment Tonight. Entertainment Tonight? Isn't, is that yes. one? Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So there's a bunch of shows like that. You know, you have like a Mario Lopez. Nancy Odell. Um, telling you... Nancy What's Odell. Up? Mary Hart. <laughs> All your favorites. Yes. These, like, non-serious journalists. These, like, loser journalists. Um, yeah. Second-rate journalists coming in and tell you, like, what's going on in, like, the entertainment industry. Yeah. It's what... Mark McGrath. TMZ encompasses all of this now. Yeah, but... Yeah. But before mm-hmm. TMZ, there was the good stuff. There was extra. Well, although I think all these shows are still on, I think. Uh, yeah. They yeah. are, yeah. They're the bread and butter of those channels, I think. <laughs> 
No, wait. They're on the major <laughs> networks. No, that's not true. What? Yeah, they are. Yeah. They're on uh, like I think they're five, like on no, they're on the major no. two. Yeah. They're on channel three, yes, channel so four, CBS, the main channel yeah. five. Yeah, that's why there's three of them. Okay. Yeah, I used to watch these a lot as a kid. It was like nightly. You watch which one? All like pretty much all of them. Well, so you would flip through. Okay, yeah, because two of them were on like after each other. Yes, that's true. Because my dad he still always watches Jeopardy. He would always flip over to Extra during the commercials. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> yeah. And that makes sense because like that's like how they wanted you to consume that because it was like a little bit extra. <laughs> right. It wasn't like the yeah. full your full attention. And he, right. and he would learn about bonus. So that's how he would learn about celebrity news. He would get that question right on Jeopardy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if any of the like the people on Jeopardy did that as well. The contestants, <laughs> <laughs> they were watching in the wings. Yeah, like they're into commercials. They flipped over to extra, and then they got the answers right for the next segment. Right, like oh, Kylie Jenner. I, I just learned this. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I liked when um, on like Jeopardy, like wouldn't it be like people from extra? Like would sometimes like stop on to like do like a entertainment based. Uh, Question? Like yeah, I feel like that uh, probably happened. Oh, maybe. Yeah, uh, they definitely. I remember seeing episodes. They definitely got the uh, the survivor guy would do questions sometimes. Oh yeah, Jeff yeah. Probst. Jeff Probst. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. With a video quiz. Qu- That's qu- uh, two thousands though. Yeah. Wrong That's decade. True. That started in two thousand. Too current. Th- We're not doing that. We're doing <laughs> no. nineteen ninety to nineteen ninety nine, and this first year is nineteen ninety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to stay in order like this, or should we f- flip around the years? Wow. We're doing ninety six next. Maybe. I think we should like <laughs> let's. We should bookend it. 90, 99, <laughs> 91. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, uh, the decades like pushing in on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. The Star Wars. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is a prequel to our ninety nine episode. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. So this is the first time we're doing this, so it's going to be great, and we'll definitely have it figured out. Not until like ninety eight, and then it'll be good. <laughs> yeah. Or like maybe like next season, even. Yeah. If we do the 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But if you think about it, the 90s as a decade didn't really figure itself out until like midway through. True. It, it was looking a little bit like the 80s at first. And, we'll and get, now we're just cruising as a culture. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get into that for sure. It's, we learned that the first time we covered the 90s, season three. Two, 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 two. <laughs> doing like doing an ambiguous number. Yeah, <laughs> sure. All right, I'm confident. It's season two. In season two of Dan and Bray presents, we learn that with the music that you know it's the yeah. '80s hangover it's for like two years, for sure, at least. Yeah. and then it's uh, natural. It's yeah. natural. Yeah. of course. Like these titties. It th- <laughs> it doesn't become the '90s until Seal. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that's the that's a defining artist. It's like okay, now we're here. Se- now, now, now we're, we're here. here. Yeah, seals here. There's a clear like before seal, after seal. <laughs> yeah, divide the seal of approval. Yeah, just like a great, just like a great envelope before seal and after seal. Yeah, and, true. You know, envelopes were around in the '90s. iPhones weren't around <laughs> in the '90s, but you know what was around in the in the '90s was weather. Car phones. Oh, okay. weather. <laughs> oh, right. and that's gonna be our first segment. Actually, we're gonna do a weather report. Car phones. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and and our good friend Danny's gonna present it for us. 
Oh, you know, we didn't plan a technology section. That's a note for next year. Oh, oh, okay. Right? Note for next tech, year. Tech yeah. section. Not it. Not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> All not right. it. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna Brandon, we're yes. gonna toss it over to uh, Weather Dan Man. Thank uh, you. Dan, Dan. Hey, great um movie from the '90s featuring our weatherman is uh, well, there's two actually. There's Steve Martin's L.A. Story. I think he's a weatherman. Mm-hmm. He and is. then, of course, Groundhog Day. Oh yeah, Bill Murray's character, Phil, yep. should have led Phil. with should a normal person would have led with Groundhog Day. <laughs> well, I went in chronological <laughs> order actually, because <laughs> yeah, LA Story is ninety one and Groundhog Day is ninety three. But you'll hear more about that, I'm sure, in the upcoming <laughs> years of this show. <laughs> yes, of course. Okay. All right, so Weather Dan here uh, to talk <laughs> about the because uh, you know how. Most new shows start with the weather. <laughs> you know how that works. Well, it's uh, good because... Well, here's a, it's a news magazine, so that's yeah, why it's, yeah. it's different. It's not a news show. It's a yeah, news magazine. Of course. And yeah. most of these shows don't have a weather section, so we're different. <laughs> right. And of course, most weather is about the forecast, cast, but this is you know, a past cast. Past yeah, right. cast. So exactly. we just, we're, we're setting the scene. Well, there's four, foreground and background, so this is back. Cast. You know, if you think about it, we don't really have a podcast. We have a past cast. <laughs> past yeah, cast. we do. We do have a past cast. Um, yeah. No, but it's good because you're like taking the temperature for the year. Right. You're setting the temperature and the climate for the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So got to get in the right headspace. Yeah. I got to know what to wear this year. Should I dress <laughs> for rain or for snow? What we got? Well, <laughs> strap in. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right, so to highlight some uh, big uh, weather things here from uh, 1990, um, I read that, or uh, or are we pretending that we are in 1990? I was, yeah, <laughs> That's I another was thinking thing about, we, well, <laughs> we already like, have like, <laughs> strayed from that Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in this show, but okay. we can say now, I don't know, I don't know. All right, I'm going to go past tense. I'm going to stick are with confusing. it. I'm going to stick yeah, with past yeah. tense. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we alternate. Maybe but one year we pretend it's the future. We're still in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. Cool. All right. So, uh 1990, um a big weather event was uh Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Arkansas, uh, all had a big flood. It was a big flooding oh. in May of 1990. <sighs> Torrential rains. Um, caused flooding along the Trinity, Red, and Arkansas rivers in these states, causing over a billion dollars in damage and 13 deaths. Oh, my, oh gosh. my gosh. So so each of those bodies, were they were a few millionaires? I'm trying to like figure this out. <laughs> They're like 13 millionaires, and they make up to over a billion dollars wor- net worth? Uh, okay. Yeah. So it's it's like close to a hundred million each, right? Because if okay, it's thirteen, yeah. like a, a, yes. just a little less than a hundred million each. Yeah. Because well, whatever. Wow. Times thirteen. So we, we lost some prominent folks, southern folks. <laughs> right. Um, Brandon, you got anything to say about these flooding, big flooding in these states? I mean, it's you know biblical, biblical yeah. floods. Yeah. You know. And he like he the said South. Trinity. He said Trinity. Wow. Yeah. Exactly. He said Trinity. Exactly. That's what made. Thank you. I couldn't remember why I thought biblical. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from floods, I knew there was a reason that I thought that. Trinity. Yeah. And the the Red River. 
and the Texas. What was the third one? Uh, Arkansas River. So wait, was it? Are you saying that a trinity of rivers, or there was no, a no, river no. called the, Trinity? It's, it's the name of the river. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so the Trinity, the Red, and the Arkansas rivers. Very okay. devout Flooding, religious yeah. river they, that is. And they span yes. across these four states. So major, uh, major floods called uh, caused by torrential rains, a lot of damage. Uh-huh. Um, I also came across uh, an article from the New York Times, um, quoted or not quoted. Was it failing at that point? Uh, well, <laughs> we'll see. I, I mean, I don't know. Based on this article, maybe. I mean, if it's not true, uh, if they were spouting out fake news even back then. Um, it, the article is called "90," like uh, apostrophe ninety, like mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. 90, like the year. Like the year. Thank you. 90 among worst years for weather. Whoa. 90 among worst years for weather. So, uh, and some highlights from this article. The first half of 1990 has distinguished itself as one of the most violent periods of weather over the last four decades. Uh, Brother. The principal villain this year, meteorologists (laughs) say, including uh, Dan, uh, Weather Dan. Uh, has been a persistent pattern in the upper atmosphere that has included low pressure over the West Coast that in turn has routed the jet stream to an unusually low latitude across northwest Mexico and then northeast across the Plains and the Ohio Valley. Um, And then by June of 1990, uh, we had seen at least 726 tornadoes, a a figure exceeded only twice since 1950. So a lot oh, of tornadoes. So biblical indeed, a lot of tornadoes. It um, is. And then... God angry. By... <laughs> and then it went up to 756 of the first half of 1982. So it's, uh, it's like comparing it to like these other years. And then 747, the first six months of 1973. So it's like among these crazy years in the 20th century in terms of right. weather and tornadoes. Um... In April through June, which is normally tornado season, there's usually twice as many tornadoes uh, as the rest of the year. The half-year average since 1950 is 482. So that's the average, and this was almost 800. So crazy tornado year. So a lot of biblical stuff going on. Um, <laughs> I am speechless. I, <laughs> I feel like it'll be that way every year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking. I was thinking of a good like other name for you during that segment. Do you know there's like a weather vane? Oh uh, yeah, it's also it. sometimes known as the weather cock. <laughs> so maybe Dan the weather cock tease. <laughs> Drain the main weather vane. <laughs> You're taking the piss out of weather. <laughs> Drain in the main weather vane. Okay. Um, I like that, Dan. Thank so, you. So um, basically, you're telling us to stay below ground this year. Yeah. A lot of tornadoes. Stay in your basements, your bunkers. And your cellars. Doorways. Yeah. Your wine cellars, your beautiful underground wine cellars. Yeah. Because <laughs> pe- you're, you're probably doing pretty well. It's 1990. Like, the economy's pretty good, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah you have a wine cellar. <laughs> um, yeah, stay there. All right. Good. Good to know. Yeah. Let's please right. move on. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> Moving on from uh, 
one meteorologist to a, a meteorologist with the food section. Oh, uh, like that. Dan, Dan, Dan. I'm gonna gonna talk a little bit about some food and some books because you know it's best to have a little snack, I guess. Uh, really, just doing it to condense for time. Oh, oh. so I'm sharing. Oh, what are we looking at? Oh, yeah. Sharing a picture of uh, kids cuisine. Ah, uh, classic. Um, gonna play a little uh, <laughs> music here from Mo Betta Blues from 1990. Oh, great. Uh, Spike Lee film. Uh, so yeah, kid cuisine, big thing that you know we remember from the 90s, right? Debuted in 1990. 1990 itself. Uh, it is a frozen kids meal. Did you guys? Do you guys have a lot of kids cuisine experience? My mom would buy things like this. I don't know if it was exactly kid cuisine, but there were other, there were like knockoff versions of this. So like even worse. <laughs> <laughs> like lower uh, on the, the totem pole. I saw a frozen. thing on Twitter recently. It was a picture of kid cuisine. And it said like, how many divorced kids would eat this every day? <laughs> how many like kids of divorced parents would eat this? So it was, right. Yeah. So uh, that's kid cuisine. D- <laughs> All right. Dave, what about you? I um I've never had kid cuisine. Okay. But I uh I always wanted to have it. I was jealous of people who had food like this. <laughs> Strangely. It looks fun. Yeah. It, yeah. I-, I thought we were too poor to have it or something. <laughs> that was my like pro- I was like why don't we have this? We must be too poor. <laughs> yeah, this, this I I kind of had the same feeling this is would only be like maybe like a once a month thing that my, like my mom would get. As like a as a treat. The the characters on the on the box are very appealing to me. It Skateboard looks, yeah. and duck or a penguin. Skateboard and penguin. Yes, I believe his name is KC. And then you have the uh, chef, bear. the bear chef. Yeah, but he's also wearing a like what are those things called? The Letterman jackets. Yeah, yes, he's wearing like a a varsity jacket with a, a bandana. He has his face mask bandana around his neck. Very uh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> So, right. yeah, I just wanted to set the scene for some 90s food. Also, Dunkaroos debuted in 1990. No way. Which uh, just why, made a big comeback. Uh, why this music? Uh, I don't know. Just playing some music <laughs> <laughs> for this segment. <laughs> uh, well, you know, actually, I'm surprised they both came out this year, 1990, because they're so quintessentially quintessentially 90s foods. It's too on the nose that it would debut in Start 1990. in 1990, right. Yeah. You think, like, maybe 87, yeah. like... I don't know. And then they like picked up in the 90s, but no, 1990, right. born and bred in the 90s, 90s uh, kids. Born and bred. This definitely, yes. <laughs> I feel like this definitely leads to like what Lunchables kind of becomes. Like this totally. kind of like. Yes, I'm waiting for yeah. Lunchables to show up as I do some yeah. research. Uh, another big company I saw that uh, caught my eye was Flying Dog Beer, which I, I guess I didn't think was that old, but. Um, they were actually, the, the, the owners were friends with Hunter S. Thompson, and if you're familiar with Flying Dog beers, they're all drawn by Ralph Steadman, who was like the illustrator for all the Hunter S. Thompson style, uh, like artwork and stuff. And so that started all the way back in the 90s, which I thought was uh, interesting. Didn't think that like a craft beer would be around that long, but hey, that's why we're doing this. We learn these things now. This is kids' cuisine we're looking at in the picture, but that beer is dad's cuisine. I don't know. Dad's cuisine, yes. <laughs> yeah. Definitely dad's cuisine. Um, um, well before the craze <laughs> of craft beer. I mean, that is, well, uh, way before. Yeah. 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 
Maybe they're in the craze of craft macaroni and cheese, but oh yeah, with a K, right? craft with a K, yeah. but not with uh, <laughs> not craft beer. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, and like I said, because you know books are eternally tied to food. Yeah. Uh, the year 1990 saw for the first time. I always love dipping a good page turner into some sauce <laughs> as yeah. I'm reading. You'd love to see the remnants of your meal um, <laughs> all over the oh. pages. Oh, my God. Uh, what is this we see? Well, we're going to get to that. Uh, I'll bring that up in one second, but I just want to transition perfectly from uh, food to books because Anthony Bourdain uh, received a book advance for the first time in the year 1990. Wow. Uh, for oh. his, for his, not for his, uh, you know, his like memoirs about foods, which I've read and are excellent, but it was about his uh, a cooking mystery book called Bone in the Throat. <laughs> which what is it called? Was, uh, Gnome in the Throat? Bone in the Throat. Oh. It's like a chef mystery. Um, R.I.P. Poor Dame. Yeah. 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 We had him the whole 90s, though. We had him every we year had him the, the whole, 90s. We had him the whole 90s. Um, yeah, and then I have a picture of Shrek here. Uh, the book of Shrek came out this year, and boy, does he look different. We'll uh, tweet that out. Or check it out yourselves, listeners. Hey, folks, <laughs> I didn't know that Shrek was a book before Either it was I. a film. I learned that. Wait, really? The movie Shrek is based on a book? Yeah. Yes, and I read the synopsis of the book, and it is very different. They actually uh, advanced the plot. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, did not know that. Yeah. Was Mike Myers and involved in the book? Yeah, he actually uh, <laughs> he ghost wrote it. He was the ghost writer. His career is um, starting to blow up a little bit at this time. 1990s oh. on Saturday Night Live, I think. Well, that would be covered by our TV person later on in the show. I don't bring up SNL at all later. I forgot. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, just switching the song real quick because there's an important figure. This is the ultimate segment before we move on. Oh, is uh, Michael Crichton is we're going to be keeping track of Michael Crichton in the 90s. He has a, every year he has a book. In the 90s, a movie gets made. And 1990, Jurassic Park comes out the book. So that's the big monumental thing. Have you guys read any Michael Crichton books? No. Mm. I don't know how to read. No. <laughs> I have not read Crichton. When I was a young teen, I read a large amount of Michael Crichton books. They're very fast, fun reads. They're all kind of the same, uh, like techno thriller, you know, okay. crisis things. And so high BPM? High, <laughs> high BPM. <laughs> <laughs> really, really solid kick drum. Four to the floor. Yeah, Jurassic yeah. Park yeah. remix. So really, I just wanted to build up to uh, setting the scene that Michael Crichton is going to be a character that we're going to be running into pretty frequently in the 90s because oh, yeah. the 90s he, are built around his, his uh his world Crichton, i always because of his name always thought he was australian crikey yeah like crikey <laughs> Crichton, Crichton. <laughs> but i think he's american right i believe so he's our own i believe he died the day of obama's inauguration or something oh, like shit. that it was around it was, it was it was in 2008 i can't remember that's maybe fun. he was in, that's crazy. He wasn't like it wasn't like a racial thing. Hopefully, no. Okay. No, no, no. Thank God. Anyway, uh, so he's like, I <laughs> never mind. <laughs> well, I think we got it. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're going with that? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I can't live in this world. 
oh, black president. Hell no. And then he's like, <laughs> he's, oh, he's God, <laughs> peace out. No, he's a good guy. I think so. I think he was a good guy. I don't know. All right. So that was uh, food slash books. <laughs> All right. Love it. Now we're back t- to Danny, the voice of Danny. With you, wait, you don't go, Dave? No. We go in presenter order, except for the weather. That's special. The weather kicks it off. Yeah. What the hell? All right. <laughs> Dan, Dan, Dan. Danny, you're up next. Uh, and I believe you're going to share some toy and game things with us. Thanks, Dave. Hey, it's... <laughs> <laughs> I I can't hold it. I can't do do that for a long time. But thanks, Dave. Yeah, like maybe I'll. T- <laughs> no, for this segment, I like should I should do something like that. So, yeah, this is um, this is little kid Danny <laughs> with your games and toy section. Uh, so, <laughs> all right. Um. So yeah, to so talk about some um, you know fun and popular things that were happening in the, the gaming and uh, and toy world, and something I missed out on this year. Maybe it'll come up in future years as sex toys. Um, right. Oh, you missed out as a one-year-old. You're saying? Yeah, <laughs> missed out on sex toys. But I think as the years go on, I'll uh, try and remember to talk about you know maybe some popular sex toys uh, each year. Hopefully, there's a database for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure By the end of the 90s, I'm sure you're deep into sex toys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So, um, so in 1990, the best-selling toy... Or, or sex toys are deep into you. <laughs> oh, Okay, <yes. laughs> Dan. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Uh, <laughs> the you didn't say it in your trademark, <laughs> trademark inflection. Thanks, no. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> after you just said sex toys are going to be in me, you'd like me to do my little kid voice after that? <laughs> oh, no. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. All right. <laughs> so the biggest selling toy uh, in 1990 was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles action figures. Ooh. They're huge. They are huge this year. TMNT. And maybe probably spo- spoiling uh, maybe some of uh, Brandon's upcoming segment, but it goes al- along with uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that comes out this year. That's like a big part of why they're a huge yeah. toy. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are everywhere. I think the cartoon show is throughout the 80s, I want to say. Um, probably. I'm sure that's why the movie was able to probably get made. I'm sure it was a cartoon show first. I'm pretty sure. And then I think so. Yeah. And then you have the... TMNT action figures, which are really big, which is interesting because, like, if you look at, and you know, we'll get to this in later years, like, it's always like video game, like, consoles that are like the highest selling quote unquote toy. Toys. Right. But, like, every right. year. This year, it, it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is pretty cool. Um, the, so you have, like, Megan Fox, Will Arnett, <laughs> right? The famous characters from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yeah, Michael Bay. Yeah, the Michael Bay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the toys dominated the holiday season. They sold more than 30 million toys before the end of the year. 30 million toys, not like $30 million worth. 30 million, I guess, units. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, um, um, so I think it's at least 30 million. I'm, I'm guessing it's at least a dollar a toy. <laughs> at least. I wouldn't I Probably a lot more. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it could be under a dollar, these toys, but I'm pretty sure they're at least a dollar and up. 
Yeah, and I don't know. I guess it included because I saw <laughs> some. I probably should have had some pictures prepared, but like I don't. But Next like, time. Um, We'll post it in the clip. There, I don't know if they were all sold together. I don't know if you had to buy the individual Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles action you figures. Probably, um, did, as a marketing expert, did you have? I mean, did you guys have these toys as a as a child? I don't think did I not. did. Well, I wasn't I big into action later. figures. Oh, too much. Like in general, I mean, I think I had Batman. Maybe, um, no. maybe I had some Batman Ninja Turtles. I don't think so. Didn't have. I didn't have the turtles. I love the show. Yeah. I was a fan of the show. I like the show. The video game is one of like the, one of the early video games is really oh, good. Oh, the arcade the, game. The side-scrolling yeah. one. Who yes. would you guys yes. play as? Donatello every time. Fucking dweeb. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably I probably like Michelangelo. He was the he was silly. He was the funny one. Mike um, is Mikey's yeah, he's fun. Yeah. He's the pizza loving fun and guy. He has, he has the nunchucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Leonardo's the leader. Yeah, know, that was fun. me. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah, you were okay. And then Raphael was natural the leader. Raphael just had an anger issue. Yeah, that he was, was his only. Yeah, he was like, so pissed. And he had the pair of psi. Those were his weapons. Psy. The most violent yeah. weapon, probably. So it makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> nunchucks are the most fun. I don't know. Leo had the sword. The sword's pretty, pretty serious. Yeah, but the psi is like you're stabbing people. Like <laughs> yeah. And he had two. And he had two. It comes in a set of two. Yeah. Donatello. <laughs> the staff, was, the, the staff Don- was the best for the game, though, because it was the because it had the furthest reach. That's why it was easier to beat the game with Donatello. With Donatello. Donatello okay. was all about the computers, like the hardware. Like, I'm surprised yeah, he even he, got in the group because he's like more of like a <laughs> inside loser. <laughs> <laughs> It was a real phenomenon. That first movie is good. It's still, I think it holds up. I, th- I feel like yeah. I watched it like a few years ago. It's it, it's fun. It's good, and it's like Corey yeah. Feldman is like the voice of one of them. I think so. I don't yeah, think, I don't think of the first movie. I think I think oh, in the sequel. Is that for part two? Is it in the sequel? Okay. Secret of the th- Ooze. All right. Then there's the one where they go back in time. The third one. They go to ancient. I'm gonna say Japan. I, I might be wrong. I don't think I I'm, saw the third. Uh, one. Maybe it's China. I can, I cannot remember, but. It get, they get a little worse, I think. <laughs> the movies get a little worse. Third one is bad. That first one is great. It's like darker. Like the opening scene is showing like a really intense sequence of people just being pickpocketed in New York City. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's pretty it's pretty cool. It's <laughs> a scary yeah New York when yeah. it was like crime city. Uh, it really really showcases that that like scary crime centric era of New York. I think probably better than any film. <laughs> yeah, better than Taxi Driver. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you're right. It shows how scary kids are because the the kids all gang up and just hang out with the nin- like the the bad guys. Uh, right. Oh, yeah, the, right. Uh, They're the ones that are like doing like all the pickpocket. They're called the Hand Clan or something. Oh man, yeah. this is bad. I should I should know it. But I think you're right. <sighs> it's something like that. But um, yeah, it's all like kids that are part of this massive like basically a terrorist organization like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's crazy <laughs> it's very good and then we get introduced to casey slater casey not, not to be confused with ac slater ac slater <laughs> right also a 90s figure but uh casey slater and he's very cool elias and Curtis. they love the reporter victoria <laughs> <laughs> what's her name v- it's, no it's rachel 
Rachel? It's April. 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 Right. <laughs> <laughs> we got there. Victoria. <laughs> All right. It's our limited Ninja Turtles knowledge here at Dan and Bray Presents. But yeah, big toy. Um, maybe use a sex toy for some people. Those action figures. Who knows? Definitely. <laughs> sure. All right. That uh, Donatello's bow staff. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Right. <laughs> All right. So anything else with toys and games? Uh, yeah. So uh, moving on to more uh, games, video games focus. So in 1990, just some, uh, some big sellers of that year. Well, these are big games that sold well throughout the decade, but that came out in 1990. That's kind of how, how I structured right. this. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I hope it's Hopscotch. S- uh, Super Mario World came out in 1990. Ah. Ah. Um, the the not, best one. Not in, well, not in the U.S. It came out in Japan originally in oh, 1990. Okay. Oh. It, it is... Huh. It's, it's up there among like the biggest selling games of the 90s. It is a huge one. Super Mario World. Um, then you have Dr. Mario... Um, came out July 1990. Dave, you would like this one because it's like Tetris, your favorite song. Yes, I do like this game a lot, actually. Yeah, it's yeah. Ver- Tetris, but pills. You work yeah. with, the, with pills yeah. instead of exactly. uh, yeah. like ge- geometric shapes. Exactly. It came out for Game Boy and Nintendo, whereas Super Mario World came out for Super Nintendo. Um, right. And then there's F1 Race, which I think is like maybe the first in like a series of like, well, F Zero was like the big one. Right. Right. Uh, but this is F1 Race. I, I actually don't know if it's related to F Zero. Maybe it is, but this is um, F Zero is more of like a future like style. It's like cars in the future. F1 Sounds is like a yes. prequel. F- Just based F1. on num- the numer numerolo- <laughs> numerology. The True. F1 Race is just. Um, What's the, what's the term where it's not the NASCAR car? It's um, it's like the oh F1 racing is what it's called. Right? F1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's called F1. Okay, yeah. So that was for Game Boy, big racing game. Guys, um, if you could F1 race, which one would it be? <laughs> right, F1, marry one. <laughs> yeah, kill F1, one, marry one, and kill one race. That sounds bad. That sounds yeah, bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dave's talking about effing a race of people, I think. <laughs> I was talking um, about a uh, car race. <laughs> no. Nah. I think the sexiest one is Daytona. Yeah, okay. 500? I don't uh, know. I, I don't, don't really know, don't know many other, other than that. There's Indianapolis. The Indianapolis. Indy, five, Indy 500. Indy 5. And then the one, the one that's in, I don't know. Talladega? Yeah, Talladega Nights. All right. Okay, okay so we don't know whatever. if F1 is related to F-Zero, but okay. So I don't think it is related to F-Zero, actually. I, I, I don't know why I thought that. Because okay. it's a different... Okay, but it's a racing game for Game Boy. Did you guys have Game Boy? I did. A I re- OG Game Boy, the, the I, big one. I did no, not. I had Game Boy Color. Yeah, I didn't that's, have it until Game Boy Color. That's, I think, appropriate for our age. I think yes, the big Game Boy is very... <laughs> Like Dave, your um, your older brother slash cousin maybe had like the bigger Game Boy. <laughs> he didn't. He had. He also had a Game Boy Color. It was a different color though. Okay, I, think I had, he had a red color, one. Too. I had like a periwinkle one. I had Game Boy Color. Uh huh. Left it. Um, you know, Catholic grade school. The Sunday school kids, CCD kids, would come in. Left my Game Boy there over the weekend in fourth grade. They stole oh. it. The fucking CCD kids. Dave, this was something you didn't get to experience. CCD. Oh, CCD kids coming in. They were the worst people I've ever met. (laughs) 
because <laughs> I would go to CCD class because I was a Catholic going to public schools. Yeah, and, right. And uh, I I could not relate to those fucking. They're they're just so mean to the teachers. Uh, yeah, but you were going farting, to school among bumping. them for eight years. I never I never like had one CCD friend. I was just horrified by their behavior. Did you have friends in public school period? Yeah, I did. I had a lot of friends actually. I was kind of a cool kid. <laughs> I always tell people that I was like kind of like I wasn't a popular kid, but I was in the the popular kids' ears. I okay. was like the Rasputin of, of elementary school. <laughs> I would like tell <laughs> I kinda ran the show, but I wasn't popular. <laughs> okay. I could see you as that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, so you you were going to Sunday school with the CCD kids. They're terrible. We could all agree. They yeah, stole my, they stole my Game Boy Heathens. Color, and then my parents re- uh, replaced it with the Game Boy Pocket, which wasn't Ooh. color. I had the, oh, so it's no color. Yeah, it had Game no Boy color. Pocket was the same idea, very thin, but right, right, not color. It was black and white, but it was still fun. Same yeah. games. Yeah, yeah. Do you have the information in front of you of how much it cost? Because I, I I never really Ooh. think about that now. That's fine. Like, I like when you're like, oh, mom, I want a Game Boy, but like I never, you, you like back then, you don't think about like, you know, oh, how like how much was a Game Boy? I'm you gonna. Don't have that? I th- no, I think. Why don't I think um, you should be our research guy? <laughs> Wh- who's the guy that uh, Joe Rogan always uses? <laughs> I don't know. He always says it. Uh, what, yeah, I don't you know, know. What I'm talking about. Uh, Who I can't. Gladwell. <laughs> no, this, no, no, the guy God, that. No. Never mind. It's it's stupid. Um, okay. But yeah, Brandon. Uh, Brandon, you should be our, you should be our live research guy. Like. I'll look it up right now. <laughs> um, my guess is in nineteen ninety dollars. Game Boy. I'm gonna say sixty sixty dollars for a Game Boy. Okay. The original Game Boy launched for ninety bucks. Okay. Nineteen ninety bucks. hundred and seventy. Wow. One hundred and seventy today. What? Damn. Is that true? Really? Adjusted for inflation, yeah. Wow. Um. Damn. Ugh. Ninety dollars for for that for the giant Game Boy. <laughs> but that was the dawn of like the handheld, you know, everything kind yeah. of. Mm-hmm. I mean, it led to phones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, Brandon, you play the uh, you play the Nintendo thing currently. Yeah, the Switch. Yep. Switch. Game Boy was its predecessor. Of course. Pay your respects to the Game Boy, yeah. Brandon. Yeah, Brandon. You wouldn't have your Switch without... You You talk shit about Game Boy so much. <laughs> yeah. You talk shit about it so much, bro. I piss in the cartridge. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll have the same conversation every year because I'm sure there's more Game Boy games. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't wait till Game Genie comes around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How before uh what was the I really what was don't forget to pay attention to all the like you know like gooey Louie and uh don't wake daddy oh, like, oh yeah hey, please hey, do I'm not done I'm oh, not done baby okay oh, I'm not done baby perfect tea up <laughs> baby uh, baby <laughs> is my toy character <laughs> all right uh, but I wanted to also say the F1 race it was originally <laughs> The, oh, ra- the, get off this the, ra- shit. the race of F1s uh, was originally released for, it was called Family Computer in Japan. Famco. <laughs> yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Uh, and that, so oh, yeah, Dave, didn't you have like a bunch of the like offshoot like Nintendo, like gaming systems? Did I? I, I can come, yeah, I can come I prepared with like 
Yeah. Yeah. With when those come out. Um, oh, man. I had like at least half of every single one that was an offshoot. Really, Dave? <laughs> Jaguar. <laughs> Coleco. Cole- I had Intellivision. <laughs> wow. Wow. I had Intelligence. <laughs> uh, anyway. It's a fu- Intellivision is, is a cool name. <laughs> yeah. I, li- I like that. Uh, but yeah, that F1 game came out um, for the family computer in Japan in 1984. We get it. We get it. And then Game Boy 1990. Just saying. <laughs> Throwing it out there. Okay. Um, so let me pull this up. I should share this. Popular Mechanics. You know, are you familiar with that actual magazine? Not news magazine. <laughs> uh, popular Mechanics put out a list of the most popular board games for each year. Oh. Um, in 1990, it was uh, this game. Help me, my oh, dentist. No worries, I'm the crocodile dentist. I'll fix that smile, you crocodile. I'm the crocodile dentist. <laughs> crocodile dentist. Just grab and pull. There's quite a mouthful. I'm the crocodile dentist. Crocodile dentist. The game's crocodile dentist. Take turns pulling teeth, but don't pull the wrong one or he'll snap and you're out. It's a mouthful of fun, but don't pull the wrong one. I'm the crocodile dentist. Crocodile dentist. I win. <laughs> I feel so much better. Crocodile Dentist. I, I remember that so well now. I haven't thought about that in forever. So that's Crocodile Dentist. Um, so that is the biggest selling uh, board game um, of 1990. So basically, you uh, you make all of your veterinary dental dreams come true with this game <laughs> where players use pliers to pull teeth from a motorized crocodile. Um, picking the wrong tooth makes the croc snap his mouth shut and race toward the player who committed the infraction. Uh, the the last person standing wins. <laughs> standing. So, uh, oh wow. Yeah. So it's. <laughs> so I'm get. I mean, if that's a, the biggest, and, and again, it, the website doesn't really say it's it's the most popular board games of each year. I don't know if that's based on sales. I don't know what it's based on, but that's this was just the one for 1990. So. Um, I definitely remember a lot of games throughout the '90s like this, where there's like a, definitely you know there's a contraption yeah. and there's like a lot of you know interaction with this kind of plastic annoying contraption like this, like yeah, and, and you know I'm sure we'll Forbidden be Forbidden Bridge I can think of, uh, yeah. yeah, Don't Wake Daddy, you know all all this, yeah. you know where something happens physically, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I guess. What year is Crocodile Dundee? I mean, this is 80s. definitely what. Yeah, so I think like late eighties or mid eighties. All right, so maybe that phenomenon is still kind of pretty popular. Definitely. And they put out and a, it, yeah, I, I think we're going to see it in the. I think in the nineties, just America became fascinated with Australia. With the outback, just in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Out, Outback Steakhouse, huge in the nineties. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Definitely used to go to Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> um, Was that um, the guy who. Who is Croc? What's his name? The guy who does Crocodile Dundee? Did he lend his vocal talents to that commercial? I sounded it. like him. Are you talking about like, wait, like are you talking Paul Hogan? Paul Hogan, was he in that? Com- I sounded like he was the voice of that <laughs> that guy in the commercial. Oh yeah. So for the know. listeners, the uh, it was an animated commercial for this board game where it was this like tiny crocodile hunter well dentist crocodile dentist <laughs> yeah trying he looks to, like a hunter they all yeah. same uniform yeah yeah safari and he um it's like a yosemite sam looking kind of guy almost like he's got like the red hair um but he's trying to wrangle yosemite this massive uh, sam <laughs> oh my god yes. yosemite. yosemite sam ah oh, classic 
He's trying to wrangle this giant crocodile in this animation, and then they cut to like little kids actually playing this game where they're plucking teeth out of this. The game is... It doesn't look like there's even a board. It's just kids trying to pluck teeth yeah. out of a giant <laughs> crocodile mouth. We'll post the clip. It'll be, it'll be blowing up. I love it. talking about plucking teeth out of a mouth. Like, if the dentist used that word... <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pluck your teeth out. Pluck a couple out today. A couple out <laughs> next visit. Yeah. It's, it sounds more dainty. I like that. <laughs> True. I like that shit. <laughs> I like it. Um, so, yeah. So, that's my games uh, segment. Gamer. This was, uh, this was uh, Danny the Toy Boy. <laughs> cool. Davey, you're up. All right. Dandan, dandan. <gasps> so, it's me now, and I am going to cover the very important... Uh, Subject of celebrity gossip slash sex. Ooh, yeah. And first, <laughs> what we're going to talk about is this year's It Couple. And that It Couple is none other than... Can I share a screen? Yeah. How do I do, do that? it, bro. I do share screen? It's a big yes. button. Big green button. Do you see them? Yes. Oh, yeah. Of course. Of course. It is none other than... Superstar couple, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Had to talk about them. Yeah. They get they get married in this inaugural year of the decade. And did you hear about this? Did you guys know they were married at one point? Uh, yeah, I, I believe so. <laughs> <laughs> of course, everybody knew this one. Uh, the lovable twosome, after originally meeting on the set of Days of Thunder, the previous year in 1989, they raced to the chapel. F1 raced. Yeah. <laughs> to tie some knots. Or just, or just one. Tie one knot. <laughs> at a small, quiet wedding in the Colorado Rockies on December 24th, 1990, a.k.a. Xmas Eve. <laughs> so, yep, they were spending the holidays together, folks. Ah, uh, this almost didn't count as a 1990 thing. Very close. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tail end. Just made it. Yeah, very um, end. Just made it. So Tom Cruise, he was going down under as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, you know that, Um, you know, Kidman is uh, Australian for babe. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, hey, you know what's cool about getting married on Christmas Eve? You probably don't have to visit the in-laws for Christmas. Because you're on your honeymoon. <laughs> Most likely, like, the next day. There's definitely some kind of a joke <laughs> a joke structure there where Tom Cruise likes a kid, man. Well, like, I kind of had something like that. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, well, sources say that Tom, since he was in the Colorado uh, mountains, uh, sources say that when Tom said, I do, the Rockies turn blue. Um, <laughs> let's try- <laughs> So let's check out the stats. Cruz at the time is an even number 28 years old. And Kidman is just a kid, man. Ah, all right. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I apologize. <laughs> Being just a small age of 23. <clears throat> Ooh. That, yeah. Not, not cool, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> that five years age gap. Ooh, oh, bro. Oh, God. Criminal. Almost. <laughs> not at all. The question on everybody's mind, though, is: Is cruise control, ling, 
Nicole too much? <laughs> Only time will tell. I give this union an 8.9 on the hot and heavy graph and a 62% on the courtship longevity bracket. <laughs> I would love to understand like how where the the rating system the scale I would like to know I would like we, can't, we, do get a, into, I, we can't get into those kind of specifics. We I, definitely don't have time I but I would love a side episode really dissecting where you get those numbers from. <laughs> uh, I now, have a guy who does all our uh, <laughs> charting. Sorry, Brandon, what's up? Oh, I wanted to ask, did you have any other information? Because there was something I wanted to then bring up in case Dan wasn't aware. Was there something else you were going to say about The only thing I was going to say, uh, Brandon, was this coupling is so stunning. What can you do but sigh and tology? You know? (laughs) (laughs) They're so stunning. It's all you can do. But what were you going to say? <laughs> uh, same thing. Brandon was going to say the same thing. You were going to tology? Pretty much, yeah. Ex- I was going to tology. Okay. But speaking of Scientology, so Dan, did you know, though, that, that in the same year, Tom divorced his first wife? Oh, oh, so he was still married to Mimi Rogers? He was married. He got, they got divorced in February, and she was the one that introduced him to Scientology. Oh, wow. I know any of that. Cool. So that's cool. He kind of honored her by continuing that on, uh, along. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. So how do I stop sharing the screen? Is it hit uh, stop yeah, share? Yeah, it's a big button, big red button at the top to stop share. Fuck. Uh, I can stop your share. Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's great. So we got the it couple. Um, mm-hmm. But there's always another side of the coin, folks. <gasps> yeah, we can't just be talking about uh, things that make us smile. We got to talk about things and relationships that make us frown as well. Oh. Because we're now going to talk about the 1990s um, split couple. Oh. <gasps> <gasps> any, nice. any, um,. Do you guys have a guess or two, or what do you got? Any guesses or no? Um, hmm. I'm gonna say that maybe like Barbara Streisand split with someone. Oh, I got a guess. Oh, I don't know about that. Uh, maybe Madonna. I'm wrong. <laughs> no, that was a little earlier. The oh, big split. Her her yeah. biggest split. Right. Uh, no, this is a hint. Uh, Houston, we have a problem. Specifically, Angelica Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> oh, Be- it's split's filled for her and Jack. Uh, how do I share a screen? Ah, I don't even think I knew about this one. Cool. There we go. There they are. There they yes. are. Yes. Ah. Yeah, because after 17 years of having a Jack on again and Jack off again <laughs> romance, <laughs> the two stars say, no more for us. Oh, 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 Uh, But luckily, no kids, no wedding rings, no problems. They never actually got married, so it's a pretty clean split, in my opinion. I'll give give a split a 0.0 on the messy meter and a (laughs) 4.4 on the heartbreak scale because if their relationship was a human, it'd be graduating from high school pretty soon. 17 years is a long time. (laughs) 
Wow. Damn. That's okay. a long time. And yeah. It, it, even and if they, it was Jack on again, Jack off again. And they were never married for 17 years. No. And wow. unlike uh, Tom and Nicole, who after one year of dating, tied the knot. They never tied the knot. Wow. Jackie. <laughs> So um, that's all I got yeah. for uh, <laughs> gossip this time around. But I wish I wish both couples well, and I hope I think maybe like Jack and Angelica will like get back together, and Tom and Nicole will stay together for a long time. <laughs> Hopefully, right. can't wait to find yeah, out. Can't wait to find out. And Jackica, <laughs> is there a couple? <laughs> that's a yeah. couple. And Jack. <laughs> Do you need me to stop sharing your oh, screen yes, again? Oh, yes, please do that. <laughs> oh, I can see it now. I saw it just before. I yeah, you saw it. Big button, Dave. Right. <laughs> it's a big button. <laughs> big ass button. All right, so let's yeah. throw it on over to our next segment presented by presenter Brandon, and he's, in the, he's going to discuss musicals. Dandin, dandin. Yeah, this is going to be very, very quick um, because most of what I'm going to do is visual, so it's something that, you know, we'll tweet out. But I did want to set up um, because big figure in musicals of 1990 was Stephen Sondheim, who came out with his musical called Assassins, which is a great musical. I've never seen it, but I've, I know the soundtrack pretty well. Uh, and the topic of the show is about assassins. Um, and it's it's a it's like a weaving narrative of all the uh, assassinations and assassination assassination attempts on presidents. Oh. Uh, so, so like in the original cast, uh, actually Victor Garber plays John Wilkes Booth, and like it's like it's like that. So it's like this like weaving narrative and and, and all this stuff. Um, but the big thing and the reason I wanted to bring this up and why it's going to be short and we'll, we'll tweet it out, but. Um, one of the first episodes of this podcast, I believe it was episode three, um, the Danny Comes to New Jersey episode, uh, I referenced the actor Michael Jeter. Uh-huh. And uh, you remember this? And then you guys didn't know who he was, and I was like amazed that you didn't know who he was because he's, fr- he's like the bad guy in Air Bud. He's in Green Mile. Uh, he's a very recognizable uh, character actor. But he in 1990 won the Tony Award for Best Supporting Actor for his performance in uh, the musical called Grand Hotel. Okay. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm going to share the screen real quick. Listeners, uh, go online and check this out. Uh, I'm going to play a little bit because you hear a little bit of singing, but it's mostly about the dancing. I'm just going to play a little bit of it and then you 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 guys can watch it later. Do you guys recognize him now? He's on the right. We'll take a glass wow. In celebration it's an incredible, like, in celebration physical performance. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Friendly, yeah, civilized. that's, you know who he is. His legs are just so, like, going wild. I'm sure we I know we Skip to the end I here. Oh. <laughs> Amazing. Insanely talented guy. Yeah, it's like, I watched that clip. I I saw that clip like a really, really long time ago. 
and I totally forgot about it, and it like kind of came up in my feed recently, and I saw it, and then when I was researching 1990, I couldn't believe that that's that, that is what it was from because he won the Tony for that performance. It's it, it, I urge everyone to check out the video. The dancing, the legs, the thing yeah. to do with his legs is wild. Uh, yeah, um, very cool. Really cool choreography. Uh, he was a great actor. He died. Um, the day he that died Obama of... was inaugurated, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that true? He was found in Michael Crane's apartment. <laughs> it was a murder-suicide. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't, I'm sorry. Um, I, I do want to say I, he doesn't look familiar to me. I don't believe I've ever seen that man in my life. Okay. Uh, I must have, I must yeah. have seen him, but I, he doesn't look familiar to me. Okay. Just based on the movies you said yeah, he, he was in. I've seen those movies. Oh, he was on Sesame Street, where he played like a mime. <laughs> All right. Um, he has a diverse yeah. career. Yeah. Uh, and obviously a big stage actor. So, um, yes, he died of HIV. HIV. He was a really, uh, apparently a legendarily nice guy uh, and really great in a lot of movies. I, I, I specific, aside from Air Bud, I always remember him in Green Mile because he has the little the rat. The mouse is his friend. Um, so yeah, just check that out, and there we go. That's musicals, assassins, and Michael Jeter. Great. <laughs> I was going to ask you to name the presidents that got assassinated, but we can do that later. <laughs> oh, I can tell you. You get you got all four. Yeah, Lincoln, mm-hmm. Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Those are the big two. Those are the big is two. It Harris, is it not Harrison? It is not Harrison. He died, though, like in office? Yes. Benjamin Harrison died in office. Um, four got killed? Four got killed. Uh, that's, I'm out, then. Dan, do you remember no. from your Sporkle days? I do not. Attempt on Reagan's life and Ford's life? Yes. Ford, Reagan, Nixon, and FDR all attempted on and featured in the musical. And then Garfield and McKinley were assassinated. Ah. Oh. Imagine getting assassinated and like it's not like a big deal. A big deal. It's not a big history thing because right. you're not Lincoln or Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> if they were the only ones assassinated, like we would, we would know them. Right. For being assassinated. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So there we go. That's musicals for you. Moving on to Dan. Oh shit. Dan Dan Dan. So this is uh, Danny's. Television segment, TV in 1990. Um, oh. And I'm realizing now, probably moving forward, I should you know maybe just talk about shows that are popular in this year, just like naming okay. others. But what I decided to focus on was just big, the biggest TV moment of 1990. And, just, okay. and we can I just like set that. it on that. No, yeah. I think that's yeah. even better. Yeah. I think it's so even better. So based on a number of, of lists, you know, I'm a big list guy. Uh <laughs> I love. It Franz. seems like most people agree that the TV moment, well, in TV shows, not including like news TV moments or other, you know, things. We're just talking about television or news magazines or news magazines. Talk about TV shows. Uh, the finale of New Heart is a big one. It's a big one in uh-huh. 1990. So, uh, in case you guys, you know, forgot about this or aren't aware, I mean, I, I, I have the clip if you want to watch it. I have like just of like the last like two minutes. If you, if you want, okay. Yeah. Put it up. All right. Turn down the volume if you can. It was just Brandon's that was too loud. Or No, yours was pretty loud too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like the uh, the crocodile thing it was, was pretty loud. 
Yeah. It was like my ears were All getting right. bitten by a crocodile. Okay. Just t- if it's too loud, just tell me, and and I won't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Newhart. So Bob Newhart, hit in the face. Popular comedian. He just got um, hit with like a like a baseball or a wiffle ball in the head, like in his in his home. Oh my god. This is the very last scene of the show. And I'll explain. <laughs> so he just woke up. Honey, honey, wake up. You you won't believe the dream I just had. <laughs> but don't you want to hear about it? I'll explain the applause. I'll explain all this in a second. It's it's I read about it, it's really good. It's really creative kind of what they decided to do here. This is dead ex-wife. All right, Bob. What is it? Well, I, I was an innkeeper in this crazy little town in Vermont. <laughs> I'm happy for you. Good night. No, nothing, nothing made sense in this place. I mean, the 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 maid was an heiress. Her her husband talked in, in alliteration. That. <laughs> The handyman kept missing the, the point of things. And then there were these three woodsmen, but <laughs> only one of them talked. That settles it. No more Japanese food before you go to bed. <laughs> the audience goes wild. <laughs> And I was married to this this beautiful blonde. Go back to sleep, bum. Good night, Ellen. Mm-hmm. What do you mean, beautiful blonde? <laughs> Go to sleep, Emily. Yeah. You know, you uh, you really should wear more sweaters. Wait, so I know what happened. All right, so yeah, so do you understand what's going on here? It's it, it's more complex than like than you think. Like it, it's pretty cool. It, isn't it like a a joke on like another series that did a similar thing? So there's that. Yes, kind of. Here, hold on a second. Like uh, what didn't um that hospital show do a similar thing where? It was like all a dream. Yeah, the last episode. So, but yeah. it's it's a play on that, but it's a little more clever because um, is that his real life wife or something? No, it's his wife in the first show he did in the seventies. It, oh, it's it, it's cool. brilliant. So it's like basically the series stars Bob Newhart and Mary Fran. It's uh, they uh, Dick and Joanna Loudon are their names on the show. It's just called Newhart. It ran from this is okay. You're talking about Newhart. now. I'm just okay. uh, yeah. So I'm talking about Newhart, not the Bob Newhart show. No, which is a different. That's show. a show in the '70s. So the show Newhart. Gotcha. That's the finale I just showed you. Uh, the finale was May 21st, 1990. It ran from 82 to 90. Dick and Joanna Loudon. He played an author and his wife. They own and operate an inn in a small rural Vermont town that is home to many eccentric characters. Oh, um, of course. <laughs> so in the finale, his Vermont innkeeper 
it's the character he plays. He wakes up next to Emily Hartley, played by Suzanne Plachette from the Bob Newhart show in the 70s. That was his wife on that show and realizes his life as a hotelier, Dick Loudon, had all been a bad dream as his character from the Bob Newhart show in the 70s. That's how they decided to end this show, that the Bob Newhart show character was just dreaming the whole time. And that's what this show in the 80s was, just called Newhart. It's pretty pretty fun. It's a fun ending. Um, That's funny. It was really like reading about it, just like a good way to like just kind of pay respect to like the people who have been with him for like two decades watching both of these shows. Like right. it yeah. really, people really liked it. Um, so it, the Bob Newhart show was under in the seventies where he played psychologist, Bob Hartley and his wife, Emily Hartley, who was played by Suzanne Plachette. That's her in, in the clip. That's why when they, when they saw her get up, you saw everybody going wild and clapping. That's very cool. This is wife from the old show. She wasn't on the show Newhart at all. Um, and I wanted to um, just quickly point out some uh, quick YouTube comments that I read under this clip. Um, so, <laughs> so from this finale clip that we just watched, Trust135 says, this is how you wrap up a show and thank your viewers for watching. All the freaking show writers need to watch this ending before they come up with some drivel that nobody wants to see. <laughs> and then you have a comment from Marthivierge. Uh, it's the username. Newhart's finale was as brilliant as the Seinfeld finale was awful. <laughs> wow. Uh, and then one more comment I wanted to read uh, by I Am In The Berg. Um, the comment goes, Tom McCarthy promised me as I was going to be in London that he'd tape the final episode of Newhart for me. The bastard <laughs> failed miserably, predictably, and I never have seen the entire episode. This is pure double G genius and triple C comedy. These two together, these two together, immortal. In parentheses, nothing against Miss Mary Fran. So it's just a comment of some guy talking about some person <laughs> named Tom McCarthy. He throws out a full first it. and last name of somebody he knows that promised him he was going to be. Damn, so, he yeah. loves genius and c- c- comedy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, sorry. One more. I forgot. I have one more comment here by Matrim Kalthan. Damn, she has a deep voice. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing though. <laughs> no. She had a cool voice. So yeah, were you guys aware of this? This Newhart? Finale? I knew Newhart. No. I know him. No, he's funny. Uh I didn't know I think I did know about that, maybe. Like heard about that being the ending, but I never seen the show, so it didn't you know. Not something I really like kept dear to my heart that information it's on like a number of like greatest tv moments of all time lists like it's on yeah that's it's always up there i love that um yeah. there was another thing in 90 about a simpsons episode that was really well received also Ooh. uh where, where bart gets um he like fails he doesn't fail on a test he gets a d minus and homer puts it on the fridge for some <laughs> reason like that was like a big moment in tv I don't know why, but that was like a turning point for them. This it was like in se- the second season of the show. It's apparently, turning like, point for greats. <laughs> um, like he didn't fail, and Homer like celebrated it that he got a B minus <laughs> or something like so, something like that. I think um, it's the first episode of season two. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is, and I don't know. Apparently, it was big for them. I don't know. Um. So I have um, a list of like the biggest commercials. Also from uh, from 1990. Um, now, well, and these are all basically from the Super Bowl. Those are always the highest rated commercials, but oh. you know, they play they play throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Okay. Who pl- who played that year in the Super Bowl? Do you know? Oh, the 49ers won the Super Bowl. That okay. Year. I don't remember who they played, but I did see that. Is that in like the Bills losing streak? I don't really know. I have a whole sports section that's coming up. Oh, oh. <laughs> of course. Well, this is where TV and sports cross okay. paths. So, can you see the title of this? It's called. It's an American Express commercial with Paul Newman. Paul Newman. It's yeah. Okay. I see the title. Oh, Burger King fu- started using Newman's own dressing in 1990. Thank you. I'm gonna play. Can you hear it? Oh my god. It's Paul Newman in like on like a tiny little motorcycle, like bike. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, it's just an Amex commercial. He's been a so card member since 1966, it said? 66. Yeah. Hey, so funny thing um, is that I'm seeing a lot of old guys with new names <laughs> on TV this year. Bob Newhart, <laughs> Paul Newman. Wow. <laughs> um, I'm not going to play this Michael J. Fox Diet Pepsi commercial. It's really good, but it's a little long. This is quick. This is a Jay Leno commercial. Okay, <laughs> let's check this out. For Doritos. <laughs> Interesting letter. Guy writes, Dear Jay, don't you think it's a crime that football players get paid so much for doing what they enjoy? <laughs> you know what I get for doing these commercials? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even have to get my head kicked in. <laughs> oh, <wow. That's> awful. <laughs> <laughs> Ely, yes. one of the best laughs in all of history. <laughs> <laughs> and then the biggest commercial of the year, I could play it. I mean, it's... Um, when Leno laughs, the world laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> it's because uh, it didn't have it on that website I was on. Okay. This is like a big Nike commercial during the, during the Super Bowl. I wear Nike currently, so I'm very interested. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we on yet? We on yet? Oh, yeah, Jordan, Jordan. Gets the ball. okay. He drives down the left side of the fairway. Bo Jackson. Jackson catches it at the wall and fires a bullet to McEnroe. Yes. John McEnroe oh on tennis. My. Yeah. And now a word from our sponsor. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Nice shoes. Resky take the puck up the ice and Audacious the uh, style. The a lot of quick cuts of all these different sports clips. MTV style shoes. Nice uh, shoes. And yeah. now a word from our sponsor. Just Nicky, just do it. Holy cow! That was so. cool. That's like a huge, yeah, commercial. That's exciting. In 1990, that's gonna sell. Um, sne- that's gonna sell sneakers. I think 1990 had a big Spike Lee Nike commercial too. I think I think it it might have. Um, it was like a big Spike uh, yeah. Lee one. Yeah, maybe even um, the late 80s. Yeah, but um, yeah. So that's some kind of quick highlights from 1990 television. Um, yeah, the big Newhart finale. So talk about 80s hangover. I mean, <laughs> talk about uh, like it's, it's a, 60s yeah. hangover. <laughs> Yeah, he's. But it was a big <laughs> show, and it ended in 1990, and that was like one of the still considered one of the best TV finales. Like if you go through the YouTube comments, which I did, uh, every single one is saying no finale has stopped this one. <laughs> every single comment says that, so it was pretty good. Um, so uh, yeah, that's that's all I got for uh, Danny's TV in 1990. Cool, love TV. Cool.
I love my TV. Um, so I'm going to take over for this beautiful segment. It's called Art. Art. Folks, I usually just ask you to put on your beret for the segments, but this year I'm going to have to ask you to put on both your beret and your badge because I will be discussing an art crime. Crime. Oh, yes. Heist? Uh, yeah, because on March 18th of this year, which is 1990, 12 paintings collectively worth 100 to $300 million are stolen. Oh, my God. From the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston, Mass. Ooh. Wow. Where are my mass holes at? Uh, by two thieves, <laughs> <laughs> by two thieves <laughs> posing as police officers. Hmm, kind of crafty. Wow, Ooh, folks, we all know that uh, all cops are bastards, but apparently a couple of them are <laughs> bandits as well. <laughs> so, some cops are bandits. <laughs> <laughs> Scab. <laughs> um, bandits' lives matter. <laughs> <laughs> this is the largest art theft in United United States history, or her story, and the largest value theft of private property in world history. Whoa. Yeah. Cool. Side note, I didn't wow. know that museums weren't publicly owned. I thought that was a... I don't know. I didn't know that. It's private, <laughs> it's private property. Yeah. Uh, and the... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe people at home also thought the same thing, and the paintings till this day have not recovered or return have not been recovered or returned. Wow! The two thieves stole many paintings painted by the Dutch masters, which leads me to believe that they were a couple of weed rollers, <laughs> because you, people usually use like Dutch masters uh, cigars for weed. Speaking of rolling, let's roll a clip explaining even more. <laughs> Among the items stolen was this painting, the concert by Dutch master Jan Vermeer. Only 32 Vermeer paintings exist in the entire world. The thieves also took two paintings and an etching by Rembrandt, including the Gardner Museum's most popular piece, The Storm Ooh. on the Sea of Galilee. It's the only seascape Rembrandt ever painted. <laughs> Today, museum officials said they saw a clear pattern in the theft. Yes, I mean, I think that's very clear. If you, if you look at the photographs, you can see these are 17th century Dutch paintings and 19th century French works. They left the Italian Renaissance um, collection, which is really what we're best known for. Since the thieves appear to have had a hit list, some art historians today speculated that a black market collector contracted for the robbery in advance. Whoa. Given that these pieces are very well known, who could possibly um, keep them? Uh, that's yeah. a very good question. Uh, only probably uh, a person who is determined to keep them private for the rest of their life. Great clip. Um, so what do you think? I know that these thieves stole some art, but I think this whole segment stole the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it was never recovered? No, not even till this day. Nothing. So it's like it either, it either got sold like really low key on like the black market or they just really wanted that art. Right. So a lot of like original Dutch masters, um, It's you hate to see it go, but 
It's a good story. You love to see yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good story. Yeah. The nice nice heist. <laughs> nice heist. Nice heist. Nice heist. What's uh what are like the biggest what's like the biggest thing you guys have ever stolen? <laughs> stolen? Yeah. Can you think of like maybe the most valuable thing you've ever stolen in your life? Or maybe not even valuable, maybe just like I don't just like maybe you stole someone's heart. Well, <laughs> never did that. But <laughs> I would steal stuff from school all all the time. You're talking they, high school or college? High school. Okay. High school. I would just steal like books that no one was using. <laughs> from and, like, where? Tapes. What books? From high school. From like the library? Um, from different classrooms. <laughs> like people's <laughs> books? No, like books that just were in the classroom that ah okay were just definitely never being used. I just took them because I if I thought they were interesting. Yeah. I think I did that probably at school. I did it all the time, yeah. Yeah, this is lightweight shit. This is lightweight. Oh, and I also, I stole from the wardrobe. Oh, okay, yeah. For, like, the plays. You stole my dad's shirt. I stole your dad's shirt. You stole my phone charger. And I'm still waiting on you to mail it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think it's actually done. It's, it's... It, it stopped working. It, is that true? Really? I, I had yeah. I had that for a while. It was just nice because it was super long. It was nice at how long it, it was. It was long. Um, no, I left it at uh, Strong Branch, and I consider that you stealing it. <laughs> 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 the biggest thing I stole, I cannot tell the story on uh, air. Come on. But no, this, but, is, uh, this is great content. Well, because I'm hoping it's going to be future content somewhere else. You'll never bring it up again. What? You'll never bring it up again. No, it's something that I that I'm like working on. What? I guess in terms of value, I mean <laughs> all the music I've stolen over the years. Forget. Yeah. I mean, forget oh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Of <laughs> oh, course. that's true. that's got to be the most like. For, I mean, you know. Did you get in trouble software. for software? I didn't. Co- I got caught in college being on their uh, torrenting stuff um, on the college network. I got caught, and it was like. I remember having to go out of my way of like beyond normally how I would download a torrent to get this individual torrent. Mm-hmm. And so like, I should have known like, Oh, this requires a password. Of course I'm going to like get caught. Like, 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 right. you know, like so um, <laughs> but I went for it anyway. And I wish, I wish so bad. I could remember like what album it was. And thinking back into like t- 2008, when I was probably <laughs> listening to, I said this on, I think uh, this power hour we did with, Friends of ours recently. I think I said it was maybe like a Wayne, the Wayne Brady album. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was gonna say it was probably some guy named like Stephen Thompson. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, maybe Wayne Brady, maybe Stephen Thompson, maybe like a Lil Wayne mixtape. Uh, who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> Aren't those uh, for free? Elliot, yeah, I mean, aren't mixtapes free? Yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> but Damn. if you, I mean, if you. I don't know. But anyway, uh, I used to, so there's that, but I used to, I had a, a phase where I was stealing food in college every day. Oh my God. Every day. I had like a phase where I was just doing that. What do you mean you were stealing food? So the, um, the cafeteria, that's not what it was called in college. What, what, what's the word in college? Dining hall. Yeah. Okay. Mess hall. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You ha- you know I had meal points. You had meal points, so like that was like more than enough like for food every day. But right. I like just got a kick out of the way. Okay, the way it was set up in that dining hall where it was when you exit, there's four registers in a square. So if you walk past the first two, 
they think you're going to pay at the next two. If you walk past the next two, they think you already paid. So I would walk out with food every day. <laughs> Security on lax, basically. Yeah, I wow. would just load up the... Uh, the oh, Leslie's in here laughing at me. Uh, I would load up the tray and just walk out with food. It was like a mini rush I would get every day. Nice. <laughs> wow. Even though it's pretty, it, I had meal points. It was already, it was paid for. Like, it wasn't like, it's barely stealing, but it was stealing because I'm not using the meal points. Yeah, because you were just wasting the money. Yeah. You get a nice little, um, like, uh, adrenaline rush with your glucose <laughs> rush or whatever. Yeah. So, so wait, the points would be like depending on how much you got would be how many points it used or what? Because how mine you was can was win when you points, right? Well, no, it was just no points was just loaded on per semester, right? It's points. Yeah, it's it's, it's money. It's but money, it's but it's, it's, point it's points system. It's points but on it, a card. It's not, yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't depend on how much you get that meal. Uh, oh yeah, no. I mean, if you get yeah. more food, yeah, you're using more points. Oh, see, because we just had a swipe. Like, like we buffet. just walk in. We just swiped, and then it was a buffet, and that was it. Ah. I had both. There was buffet areas, and there was, um, like, food with value, and it would be like you had money on your card, but they would be called Bronco Bucks where I went to school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I would do that. And then there was also the, um, the like, the convenience uh, – C-Store, it was called. C-Store, convenience store right. within, within the dorm, which was separate, which was just snacks – but they had like a station where they made paninis and hot dogs. Oh God, I don't know mentally where I was at. I would go in there. I would eat the hot dog in the convenience store and walk out. I would just eat a, <laughs> I would eat a full hot dog in there and leave. Interesting yeah. period for to, you. I don't know. Yeah. This is all freshman year college. It's just a headspace of, I don't know. I wasn't depressed. It was just like really not caring about anything. <laughs> I don't know. But um, yeah, that was weird. But I did that. <laughs> so come and, come and get me. Huh? <laughs> um, what which food was closest to art that you stole? <laughs> uh, panini maybe. Panini, like, yeah. <laughs> the most like it's artisan. It's like artisan bread. <laughs> yeah, right. Artisan, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, cool. I think we're good with that. Cool. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's move on to our last round of shit. Yeah, I like that story. That's a really interesting story. I, 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 I love that. I didn't know about that, and I'm glad to know it. Yeah. Which story is interesting? The <laughs> me stealing uh, books from school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Da- yeah, Dave stealing yeah. like a couplet of like Hamlet or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or a separate piece. Dandan, dandan. Lights. Camera, action. Uh, so my final segment, seg- <laughs> segment is uh, a little something called the movies. Oh, uh, of course. Hello. Uh, Brandon, hello. Uh, <laughs> Brandon Ebert. Oh, here we go. Oh, Some of the best. Hell yeah. I throw back in the show. All right, so the, the song that's going to be underscoring this is our friend Madonna uh, from a movie that came out this year, uh, or came out last year, but uh, she performed at the Academy Awards sooner or later from Dick Tracy. No, this came, that uh, came out this year. Oh, did it? Dick Tracy? No, the song. So. Oh, it did. Yes, it did. It did. 
Um, and it was written by Sondheim. That was the thing I was referencing earlier okay. uh, that he did also. So he wrote this song. So um, another figure that we're going to have to keep track of in the 90s is Mr. Tony Scott. Because, uh, you know, uh, Dave said the, the words before Days of Thunder. Oh. Sorry, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. That is, of course, a True. Tony Scott vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> vehicle. <laughs> Get it? Um, and actually, two Tony Scott movies came out this year. It was Days of Thunder and Revenge, starring Kevin Costner, uh, which is a pretty good one. But uh, just like Michael Crichton, we have a whole bunch of Tony Scott things coming up. Um, the final thing we're going to do is we're going to do a little something with the box office, but I wanted to bring up something that we all know about from 1990, a little something called Goodfellas. So I'm, uh, I'm assuming you guys are aware oh, of this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, are you guys aware of, uh, well, I know Dave is because we've had this conversation before, but uh, are you aware of My Blue Heaven? Of course. Not of course. Okay, <laughs> so, uh, Dan, My Blue Heaven is a is a picture starring Steve Martin and uh, uh, Rick Moranis and Joan Cusack. Okay. Okay. And so, Goodfellas is based on the book Wise Guys by Nicholas Pileggi. Pileggi or whatever. Okay. At the same time as uh, they were working on Goodfellas, Nora Ephron, who eventually married Nicholas Pileggi, was working on a script for <laughs> basically Henry Hill's character post Goodfellas. Okay. So, <laughs> My Blue Heaven is about a, a, a mob guy in witness protection. Uh, like li- and, and 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 what ensues with that but it's Steve Martin and Rick Moranis so the complete opposite <laughs> vibe of Goodfellas <Yeah. laughs> but it's based off of the same exact material and the same guy wow uh, okay yeah so Nicholas Pileggi wrote uh Goodfellas and like I said was married to Nora Ephron Nora Ephron fascinating she also was married to previous to Nicholas Pileggi was married to Carl Bernstein who was you know uh the one of the two guys from all, all the president's men who knew who the uh, Deep Throat was. And the rumors are that for years, Nora Ephron, after she was married to Carl Bernstein, would just throw out Mark Felt's name and was just like telling everyone who Deep Throat was. <laughs> and like everyone thought she was just saying shit, but she, she just kind of knew the whole time. Uh, so she was just <laughs> okay. kind of always in, into the cult, in, in the culture there. So I just wanted to show the little juxtaposition of Goodfellas there with My Blue Heaven. It's a fun movie. Uh, it's not great, but it's, I mean, it's its pretty fun to see Steve Martin with like a big flat top and talking Italian-American accent. <laughs> uh, Never seen it. But it's, uh, it's, good. it's good. It's fine. I haven't seen it in a really long time. I'm going to tweet out my personal top 20 movies of 1990 because I started working on that. It's going to be boring to do on the show, so I'm not going to do wow. it. But, give us, give um, us a little taste. Give us just the number one. Just give us <laughs> the top one. The top one, <laughs> two. Uh, top one is, Mil- is Miller's Crossing. Oh, love that movie. Uh, cut out. Sorry. What'd you say? Miller's Crossing by Coen Brothers. Animal uh, Crossing. What? Yeah, Animal Crossing. No, and that's my. That's uh, one of my favorite Coens, for sure. Yes, it's uh, it's a great movie. But there's a lot of really great movies I have on the list. Check it out in my tweet that I probably won't actually tweet out. Um, <laughs> Oh, and also a movie that came out in 1990 that did not make my list, Edward Scissorhands, the, the house that they filmed some of the scenes in sold this month in 2020. 
Uh, so that's an interesting fact about 1990, is that that house sold <laughs> this month. Um, <laughs> and it did not make my top 20, so that's also fascinating news <laughs> oh, from 1990. shit! People are going to be so upset about that. I like yes. Edward Scissorhands. Um, it's, listen, it's fine. Edward's, Edward Scissorhands gets the cut, as they oh. would say in uh, barber terminology. Oh, yes. He totally got the cut. He got the axe. Um, well, cut is more like scissor. Well, you got the cut, yeah. Well, right. and movie terminology, not just barber terminology. Well, scissor, I'm saying scissor hands. Like, it's that's why I yeah. said it. I know, but, okay. It's a movie, but we're talking about movies. Like, like cut is a movie thing. <laughs> it's it's all, listen, it's all great. All right. Um, what, one more thing to get to before we, the final box office thing that I want to do is, I, you know, right now, listeners, you can't see, but I have a picture of White Palace up on the screen that we covered on the show. Right. Uh, a movie that uh, is important to our podcast that came out this year. Also, Graffiti Bridge by Prince came out this year. Oh, Prince wow. an important figure oh, yeah. on our show. And then uh, Three Men and a Little Lady, uh, which is relevant to our show. Very relevant. Gutenberg, come on the show, man. You're invited whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the number one movie of Hold 1990. On. I think I'll need the music off because you cut out here and there while the music is on because of volume stuff. It's like an automatic setting. So I need you for gotcha. this. I need you for this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the number one movie of 1990. Can you guys guess what the number one highest performing movie? It made half... A billion dollars, which is crazy. Wait, so, and you have not mentioned this movie as of yet? I have not mentioned it. Um, I will say music is important to this movie in some capacity. We have mentioned it in the past. It has been acknowledged that it exists by this podcast. It is starring a figure of great importance to us. Um, it's romantic. It's a little bit dark, but a lot of love. A, a song is heavily featured. Um, if you need another clue, I have one more I'm good clue. I'm completely blank. I, I cannot remember. I usually, I'm usually good with this kind of stuff. I cannot remember. Okay. Um, it, this movie had a performance that contributed to somebody's EGOT. Emmy, Grammy, Ghost. Oscar, Tony. Ghost. Oh, that is yeah, of correct. Course, of course. Yeah. Ghost. Why did you say it was uh, musical? Is it musically important? It's. I said it's got like music <laughs> tied in. Okay, like music that's Unch important to our show, maybe or something. Well, and the movie. Yes, for sure. I thought I was thinking like this is a musical. Like. Oh, okay. Sorry if I if I led no, you. No, you didn't lead anybody astray there. No, I was really clear did. what you meant. No, <laughs> nope, it was clear what you meant. You led some of us astray. No. Maybe not all of us, but some of us <laughs> felt that you led us astray. All right, fair. Some of us, I guess. <laughs> some of us were led astray. Yeah, that that is a fact. Yeah. Maybe you didn't lead everybody uh, uh, astray, but some of us did feel that way. You did not lead the majority astray. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it splits right in half. <laughs> Uh, no, I, that's a great movie. I, I would have expected. I wouldn't have. I probably would have not said that, but it's a. I could see it. I, I would have said top ten for sure. Yeah, I mean five hundred and five million dollars. That's insane Shit. for for a movie like that. It did, uh, and that's worldwide. This is all worldwide. And Half then a, a bill, movie uh, that's up Mr. there worldwide. wasn't going to be my guess because I knew it wasn't number one. But Home Alone, 
up there. Okay, oh, you, yeah. that's the number two. Yeah, you got the number. Oh, two. it's number two. I didn't even know it was that high. Okay, I knew it was yes, up there. Yes, I was. We were going to do that next. Yes, yeah, so that is four seventy six. Okay, the third movie. Oh, you're um, going to ask second place next. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Well, I was only going to do the top five, and then we can round up okay. the the, um, the the six okay. or the ten. Uh, the third movie is based on a song title. Hmm. Now, I don't want to lead anybody astray. It's not a musical. Oh, okay. I, I, okay. I have a guess. <laughs> it's okay. It's based Wait, on a, number three is based on a song title? Pretty Woman. Yes. Yes, it is. Oh, Pretty fuck. Woman. What Were you going to uh, guess that too, Dave? No, I just I didn't have enough time to. Oh, I th- okay. I thought you... I thought you, okay. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> I thought you were preparing to say it. Like <laughs> No. <laughs> I thought you knew it. Yeah, Pretty Woman. Number four... Uh, one best picture this year. Uh, the following, like four this year, eventually. Uh, I have a guess. <sighs> Unfor- Unfor- Starring Unforgiven? its director. Unforgiven? That's, that's no, later. Great guess. Damn. Uh, but starring its director. Schindler's List? No. Steven Spielberg is not the Dances star with of wolves. Schindler's List. Dances oh, with very Wolves. Very good. Yeah. Who directed that? Uh, what? Costner? Uh, Kevin Costner, yes. One of the only movies on this list I've not seen. Oh, I didn't even know Casser directed that. That's I cool. Think, I think I knew that, but right now it's blowing my mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> delayed blow of mind. Delayed mind blown. Uh, yeah, he directed a few films in his career. Uh, just three, maybe. But that was his first one, and he won Best Picture with it. My parents were very into the Dances with Wolves soundtrack. <laughs> Like the like oh, wow, like the okay. score like they would that was something they would play a lot in my backyard. I remember that that was like a thing. Number five, <laughs> the last one we'll guess is my second favorite movie of the year. Probably not the nowhere near the second best, but I have a huge huge uh, love for this movie. Nostalgia. Um, I recently said somewhere that is the greatest use of practical effects of all time, and it's actor, it's star, it's my favorite movie of his. Another actor that we all love. It's an action sci-fi memory thriller. 90? Memory. Oh, Total Recall? Total Recall. Great movie. Yeah. Great, great movie. That is number five. Um, And then rounding out the... We won't have to... We don't have to do all ten. But number six, a movie that I need to rewatch. Didn't make my top 20 because I really have no memory of it. I'm going to say to round out the... This is more round number, I guess, than uh, I'm rounding out the top 10, Back to the Future Part 3. Uh, okay. Die Hard 2, another movie I haven't rewatched in a very long time. Excellent movie. 8 is Presumed Innocent, a what? Harrison Ford film uh, that I've not seen. Hmm. Um, number 9 is the aforementioned Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. Totally. Turtley. Turtley. <laughs> Turtley. Kindergarten Cop is number... Oh, Ten. that's I knew Arnold had oh. a big year with two big movies. I couldn't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. What the fuck? So Goodfellas didn't make it? Goodfellas did not make it. R rated, man. R rated is tough. R rated is tough for highest grossing at this time. That's kind of surprising because I thought that was a huge movie. It is number thirty, actually. What the hell? Did, yeah, that's insane. Did but not it, you know, R rated movies are not getting much money, I don't think, until like way later. It all it made forty six million dollars. It did not uh, perform insanely well. You sure? Got to cater to kids. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it did well like later on. I, I'm like kind of blown away by that. But uh, hey, 
That's kind of my thing in the show to get blown away. <laughs> Happened before with the Kastner direction. Is it is yeah. it considered a cult classic then? I guess it is. It didn't make any fucking money. Any fucking money. <laughs> it did win Best Supporting Actor for Joe Pesci um, the following year. Um, yeah, so uh, check out yeah. my list. There's some great movies on there. Uh, I don't want to spoil it, though. <laughs> um, and that's. I think that's it. I think that's it. Uh, so that was our Tony Scott check-in <laughs> and our box office check-in for the year 1990. So funny. Joe Pesci's in Goodfellas and Home Alone the same yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I love that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Very, yeah. very good stuff. Now, Dan, I think you have a segment prepared uh about sports is that true yeah it's me oh wait oh. i'm so i'm sorry we have to i have to do one more thing i'm oh. really sorry this is really important I'm just gonna play this clip because this is probably oh, i've seen uh, yeah i know this one yeah this is no. an important clip it's gonna be too for... loud it's gonna be way too loud you have to go like all the okay. way to the left okay this is kim basinger at the oscars all the way to the left. All we, um, we've perfect. got five yeah. great films here. And they're great for one reason. Because they tell the truth. But there is one film missing from this list that deserves to be on it. Because, ironically, it might tell the biggest truth of all. And that's do the right thing. Wow. Uh, white yeah. savior Kim, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Kim Basinger was telling the truth in that clip. Yeah, that is true. It's probably the best movie of '89. Yeah. And right. didn't get so it didn't get uh, even nominated. It didn't even didn't get, get nominated, nominated for best picture. Wow, I didn't know that. Got nominated for best screenplay. Of course, Driving Miss Daisy won. Yeah, I think screenplay. Yes. Driving Miss Daisy, a film that has aged well so much that <laughs> they did it again with Green Book, yeah. basically. <laughs> God. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, Dan. Sports. All right. Dan. 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 Dan uh, <laughs> Stenchwell. Um, how about this? We, how about we just call you Jock Itch? <laughs> uh, I was thinking before. No? The, uh, yeah, no. Fine. Great, whatever you want. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or like Jacques, Jacques Itch. Jacques Itch. Like Jacques. Jacques, Itch. Jacques Itch. French sportscaster Jacques Itch. <laughs> Very good. I was thinking before with the weather, um, precipitation. Precipitation. Stinson. <laughs> Something like that. All right. Uh, so, in sports, the couple big... Uh, big events this year. I'm going to talk about the biggest, but the uh, World Cup was this year, uh, 1990, in Italy. I forget who won. Uh, (laughs) It was the U.S. (laughs) qualified for it for the first time in 40 years in 1990. Oh, so so we sucked before that. And we still suck. We also didn't didn't qualify the most recent World Cup. (laughs) Um, The Galaxy's pretty good. (laughs) My favorite team, the Galaxy. (laughs) Uh, thank you. <laughs> okay, so those yeah, those are some big things. But the one thing I had to talk about was um, uh, the Mike Tyson Buster Douglas fight was this oh. year, which was a huge deal. So at the time, Mike Tyson was sports highest earner. 
like in in 1990, he had earnings of 28.6 million dollars. So he was the highest paid athlete right. uh, of uh, you know um, of 1990. Um, and Buster Douglas defeated him by a knockout in round 10 to win the world's unified heavyweight title. Holy! And many people oh. consider this to be boxing's biggest upset ever. It's one of the biggest upsets in sports, like period. It's it, this was this. Like Mike Tyson was the champion. He wasn't losing. He was like terrifying in the ring, knocking out people like immediately, like in first rounds. And right. this fight out of nowhere went ten rounds and this dude just beat him. Like it's What's it's, his name? Buster Douglas? Buster Douglas, yeah. Huh. Um, Great name. I have the clip of it if you want to watch. Here. Let's just watch this knockout. On the left side. Young Tyson. Pre tattoo. Pre face tattoo. Yeah. Pre face tattoo. Is pre hangover? Is this pre hangover? <laughs> I, be- I believe so. Look at this. I think Hangover came out in 89. Okay. Mike actually, his legs, he's noticed his legs in these okay. shots. He doesn't have good bounce in his knees. There's some Plus punching going on from both parties. See Mike the way he went back oh! Oh, a one, a two, a three, Losing counts. Oh, he's got a lot down. of headshots oh! in there. Holy shit. Oh, he didn't make it? Looks like he stood up. It's not just, you can't just stand up, though. Like, if you're, yeah, if you're, like, not alive. <laughs> they, yeah, they, uh, if you need, like, assistance to stand up, which it seemed like he needed to, like, to climb on the referee. Right, yeah, if you're just, like, out of it, but you're standing, and they, they still call the fight. Um, okay. that's safe. I like so, that. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> safe, safety, Dave. Um, so, Buster Douglas's mom had died a few weeks before the fight. So, like, that was, like, a big kind of motivator I, for uh, him. I can see that. Yeah. Um, and in present day, I don't know if you want to do this, but, like, Mike Tyson is now 57, and he's about to return to the ring to fight Roy Jones Jr. This is like a big thing that's about to happen in, in boxing. <laughs> he's, really? He's about to return to the ring at 57 years old to fight Roy Jones Jr., who's 51. That is match that is, legal? That match is in September, and it's going to go eight rounds, and they're, they're going to fight each other. They're both training. That's not healthy. It's pretty crazy, yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's something God. that's happening now. So he's, he's still... We'll see if he's still got it. But I saw a clip of him training recently. It was like, for how old he is and how fast... And I was strong. It was, it's pretty impressive. Um, Jamie Foxx is about to portray him in a biopic. Mike Tyson Ooh. movie. Jamie Foxx. Um, uh, from what era? Probably this. Probably at his peak, I would gather. Maybe his whole life. I, I don't know. Maybe he's doing a full... Because, like, Jamie like, Foxx is older now. Yeah. Um, there were, I saw an image of it. Like, he, he looked like... like Are they doing the, um, the Irishman... Uh, de-aging de-aging uh, technology <laughs> on Jamie Foxx I don't know but that's something that's happening and then Mike Tyson's either currently or he's about to be on Shark Week <laughs> no. where, where that, he's gonna is he playing a shark they're like he's gonna like basically like fight a shark or something like he's that's <laughs> the way they're promoting it he's gonna come face to face with a shark because that's like a big fear of his so he's gonna okay. be on, he gonna the, on this show fears? where he's gonna like so face really? the shark it's gonna be him versus like Barbara right um <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and I wanted to go back to my uh, 
uh, YouTube comment uh, section. So okay. some uh, quick YouTube comments uh, under this ESPN video that I just played of this uh, Mike Tyson Buster Douglas fight. So from uh, YouTube commenter Lil Poopcom. <laughs> his, name, his name is Lil Poopcom. Uh, Jesus my family's still in debt because of this fight. My grandpa had a serious gambling addiction. Oh my <laughs> god. The reply the replies okay. Then Snowboard424 replied to this one. Whoa, 424, fake out. He said, That's not how debt works. Debts do not transfer by virtue of marriage or death. If your grandfather's estate could not cover the debt, whoever the bet was placed with all has no choice other than to write it off and label it uncollectible. Laws exist exclusively, so this can't happen. Don't know why you'd lie. <laughs> <laughs> Called out. So, the uh, little poop yeah, cum, so. what's his name? Okay, but also in this in, <laughs> in cum shit's defense or whatever his name is. Uh, it's little poop cum. Okay, little poop cum. In his defense, that's that's like assuming that this gambling was done above board. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, who who says that they were working with legitimate you know people that were like? It's like a uh, bookie true. is just gonna go. Oh, you know what? I'm not gonna go after your family. Um, like, why don't you get on YouTube and defend Lil Poop Cum? You should, <laughs> Brandon. The comment's still there. It's a fresh stain. The comment's a fresh poop cum stain. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then there's this this clip. Um, it's Jimmy Kimmel in 2015 interviewing Mike Tyson about this fight. Actually, for time, instead of playing the clip, Mike Tyson just starts talking about how he was having sex with all the maids in his hotel at the time. <laughs> oh, my God. This is on Jimmy Kimmel. Um, I won't play the clip, but he says, like, yeah, I was hitting all the maids. And then they're like, whoa. He's like, no, no, I wasn't, like, beating them up. I was having sex with all the maids. <laughs> and that's, like, most of what he talked about. Like, instead of the fight, he was talking about how he fucked all the maids. Um, um, I really have to. <laughs> I really have to. <laughs> little poopy. <laughs> little poopy. <laughs> Not really poop. I just have to pee really bad. All right. Okay. So that's that's my sports section. Um. So Thank I'm gonna you. pee and right. I'm gonna come back for politics. Dan, Dan, Dan. So politics. Um. Probably the biggest thing. Of them, of them all. Um, let's get serious. <laughs> this year's biggest story in politics is the introduction of the notorious Gang of Seven. You know these guys? No, no, no. All right, well, I'll tell you who they were. The Gang of Seven is a group of freshman Republican U.S. representatives <laughs> elected oh to God. serve the 102nd Congress in the year 1990. The group loudly okay. condemned the House banking scandal and the Congressional Post Office scandal, forcing the Congressional leadership to address the issues by ensuring the incident stayed in the media and public eye. They also did this. The group also criticized other Congressional perks, such as the con Congressional subsidies for the Capitol Barbershop and the Senate Restaurant. So they were anti-barbershop restaurant funding for the okay. for the people in Washington. So it sounds like these guys, uh, they really know how to have a good time. <laughs> and there was a, a post office scandal then too? Yes. I didn't look into that scandal because this is what I actually really wanted to do. Um, I wanted to tell you guys who was in the gang 
of seven. Okay, yeah, let's and, hear. And uh, we're gonna have a little bit of fun since they're a gang. They can probably take some heat, right? They're a gang. Well, uh, yeah. How about we uh, turn up the heat for a little quick roast of these fuckers? <laughs> cool. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna name all the reps, and then I'm gonna torch their asses. <laughs> okay, one through okay. seven. Let's go. First up is Rick Santorum, representing, ah. I think, Pennsylvania. Is PA Pennsylvania? Yes, he's Pennsylvania. He's from the 18th District of Pennsylvania. So Rick Santorum... Wasn't he a presidential candidate? I think so. So Rick Santorum? More like Rick, you should be in the sanitarium because you got a lot of nutty ideas, buddy. <laughs> so that's Rick. Okay, Charles H. Taylor, representing the 11th Dix- District... District... Of North <laughs> Carolina. Uh, that's just a Charles H. Taylor. Okay. Does the H stand for hates? Because I would hate my Taylor too if he had me going out in public looking like you. <laughs> Chuck, you fucked. Okay. <laughs> Let's move it on to Frank Higgs. He's representing the first district of California. Uh, Riggs, well, I hope he doesn't rigs any of these elections coming up. Because that would be illegal. <laughs> Too easy. <laughs> Wait, where was where was Riggs from? I missed that. I'm sorry. He's from Cali. Oh, okay. Not Lethal Weapon. <laughs> no. Yeah. It, say, is it the same same name or no? <laughs> yeah. Right? Isn't okay. it Riggs? Riz Riggs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mel, yeah. Mel Gibson. Yeah. Okay. Well, the fourth member of the gang of seven is a very famous guy named John Boehner. Although it's spelled yes. like B-O-E-H-N-E-R. So, like, how do you get Boehner out of there? I don't know. He's from Ohio, and he represents the 8th District uh, there. And uh, what I want to say to Boehner is, nah, it's not even worth it. I'm going to pass on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, damn, with a name like that, there's a lot of different things you could have done. Yeah. Boehner? Yeah. Nah. Bane in my ass. I'm a pass. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to Jim Nussel. Uh, what's is IA Iowa? Yes. Yeah. So Jim yeah. Nussel, he represents the second district of Iowa. Uh, Jim Nussel, why don't you nussel up close to a tiger, you asshole? <laughs> God. <laughs> Okay, so almost done. We got Scott Klug. Oof. He's, uh, is that WI Wisconsin, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So Scott Klug from Wisconsin's second, second district. I wish my ears were clugged every time I hear you speak because I hate your words. <laughs> <laughs> and last but, well, maybe least, <laughs> John Doolittle. Oh, my God. Not too easy. <laughs> too easy. He's from he's from California's fourth district. John, how about you do more? <laughs> nice. <laughs> we got him. Got him. We got every. We got all seven. Roasted. Political. Political loan. Political loan. Political loan. Political loan. Uh, and then I have one quick little thing to say on the official gang ranking. Since they're such a big gang. They got to be part of the gang ranking list out there. So, 
on the official gang ranking list, I'd say they're pretty low, especially when compared to such classic groups as the Bloods, the LA Kings, the Warriors. Uh, so since you love the number seven <laughs> so much, let's make their official ranking seven, 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 seven hundred and seventy-seven. That's a oh, pretty wow. low, that's real low yeah. number. Um, that's falling just right after the Mystery Gang from Scooby Doo. <laughs> Scoob. <laughs> yeah. From Scoob. And just from, be, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> from Scoob. <laughs> from Scoob. <laughs> and the, right the before Gang Green, the horrible <laughs> ailment. <laughs> so they're a pretty bad gang. Uh, well, we took care of them. So where does the gang of New York sit in? Yeah. Ooh. They're higher okay. in the 500s, okay. maybe. <clears throat> yeah. What about chain gangs? <laughs> chain gangs, like the, the concept? Yeah. <laughs> it's influential. It is influential. So I would say top 100, top 100. for sure. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, that's them. Uh, and I'm sure we'll never hear from any of them ever again. <laughs> any, anything about their policies? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> We're an entertainment show, basically. So we're, we're trying to bridge the gap between politics and entertainment. Yeah. yeah. That gap has never been bridged. There's never been. <laughs> <laughs> political Own is the only political show I would watch. Hopefully we never have a, an entertainer in office. <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't we move on to our last final two yes, segments? Yes, final two segments. What do you think? Let's do it. Of Dan and Bravo. Dan and Bravo. Wow. So these are. This is something that we're gonna do every week. We're gonna do. Uh, a where are they now? For, for like uh, some of our favorite podcast superstars that we've talked about, right? I guess yes. you should introduce yeah. this one because this is you. Well, so yeah. So I specifically who I'm focusing on of the who are they now? Or sorry, where are they now? I can't answer the question who are they now because <laughs> sounds like a personal thing. But where are they now? These are legends of the 1980s board bills boardaments. That's the, you know, the big chunk of what we covered last season on this podcast. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they come up a lot. These are musicians and and uh, vocalists and guitarists <laughs> who come up a lot. <laughs> who, yeah. Who come up a lot uh, throughout the 90s? Where, Where are, are they, they now? now? Drummers. So, drummers. Whatever. Yeah. So. Um, our first subject of the Watton, that's where are they now, <laughs> is the much-admired Latin lady who had Latinx maybe three entries in the boardament. <laughs> uh, and, of course, she was backed by her amazing machine from her hometown of uh, Miami. Um, wow. Of course, speaking of Gloria Stefan, where is she now? Well, she's laying in a hospital bed because on March 20, the tour bus that she was on is involved in a horrible accident. Stefan suffers several broken bones in her back. People think she can't, she won't ever walk again. It's a horrible thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, after seeing her succeed so much in the boardment, I hate to see her at this place, but I think it's important that our fans know what's going on in her world right now. Would you guys like to say anything about this? Oh, so it's, it's where are they in 1990? Okay. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes. Where are they now? Yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry. Specifically 1990. Yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> All right. That's what I we're forgot. doing. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. It's we're covering 1990. Okay. Okay. So I thought it was 1990 artists. Where are they now? No, 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 no. no, no. no. Okay. No, what's happened to the from the eight the eighties artists? What are they doing in the nineties? Yes. In 1990. We're continuing their story. <laughs> yes. <Okay>. So anyway, <laughs> that's horrible, right? I mean, I would hate to be her. I hope she comes back in a major way at the American Music Awards. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And also, so that's a horrible story. And then I hate to follow it up with another hor- another horrible story, but Ugh. that's sometimes is how it works on these. Where are they now? <laughs> um so in 1990, where is Joseph R. Massoni, the young dancing man who wore a Gino Vanelli shirt in a video that went viral at the Boston <laughs> Celtics games in the uh, mid-2000s? My God. He unfortunately died from pneumonia this year at the age of 34. Damn. So he, he was not represented in uh, the boardment, but of course Gino Vanelli, uh, who's featured on a shirt was a big deal for us. And uh, I couldn't find out where Gino Vanelli was this year, but I did find out where <laughs> Joseph R. Massoni was. <laughs> which is <laughs> which is underground, I guess. Hopefully a podcast will take up the mantle as biggest Gino fan. <laughs> 30 years later. <laughs> 20 years later. 20? 30. 30. Jeez. Yeah. 30. Oh, God. 30. Yeah. Jeez. Okay, so Jeez. That, those are the two... Where, Where are, are they, they now? now? Stories, but I also wanted to do a thing which I was going to uh, talk about, or just 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 this note: five albums of note by five Bordament artists uh, artists of note. Okay, five albums that came out this year of the Bordament stars. So uh, the first one, number one, on May twenty second, likely the most anticipated album of the year comes out, and that is of course Son of Albert. By Wham's greatest and only lesser half, Andrew Ridgely. <laughs> Ridgely finally goes solo with Son of Albert. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, we can listen to a little clip of that. No. <laughs> or we can pass. Ridgely? I, I think we should hear it. I don't know. All right. Yeah, play it. Okay, here's Red Dress from Son of Albert featuring George Michael. Oh, so it's a Wham song. <laughs> okay. Sounds pretty cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thank you for that. Number two. All right. So <laughs> on June 25th, this artist, she made a major reputation for herself in the tournament, guest vocalizing on the Pet Shop Boys single, What Have I Done to Deserve This? It's the album Reputation by Dusty Springfield. Comes out June 25th, 1990. <laughs> <laughs> Watch the volume. This is uh, Born This Way by Dusty Springfield from the album Reputation. Let's hear it. Watch the volume, please. Okay, she still, she still's got, uh, she still got his pipes. <laughs> so, um, that's good. Number three. Uh, on August 21st, these rockin' fellows made it a few rounds and rounds in our 1984 boardment with their song Round and Round. It's the album Detonator by Rat. Rat, Rat, Rat. A summer rock anthem. Uh, and here's one of the songs. It's called Scratch That Itch. Let's take it away, Rat. Okay. Fuck yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Still rocking in the, in the 90s. That's very cool. Number four. Um, on October 9th of 1990, this title was perfect for the first episode of our season five, Dan and Brave Presents, because it's called Change of Season. And it's by the very fabulous Hall Notes. My, my dad had this album. I love this title. Change of season. It's a cool album cover. This is the. I like the album cover. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Here's the title track. Let's hear out. Uh, let's see. Let's hear what they got. Yeah, they're still doing some <laughs> great stuff. I don't think the songcraft went down in any way. So, um, but yeah, I love that title. It's so appropriate for what we're doing here. Number five. And of course. On October 30th, I have to round this out with um, my little country queen, Roseanne Cash. Of course. She puts out the very spookily titled album, Interiors, just in time for Halloween. Uh, <laughs> Interiors? <laughs> Interiors. <laughs> very spooky. <laughs> yeah, likely heavily inspired by the super serious Woody Allen film of yep. the same name. Horror film. Uh, let's check out Dance with the Tiger. Uh, by Roseanne Cash, 1990. DBP rocks. Bongos and acoustic guitar. All right, hell of a vibe. Okay, Roseanne. <laughs> uh, so those are the five <laughs> most important albums uh, of 1990, probably. Um, and uh, that's a little taste from each of, each and every one of them. So Very good. Where are they now? You just heard. <laughs> Where, Where are, are they, they now? now? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dan and Brave's podcast superstars, Rat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dusty Springfield, Andrew Ridgely. Uh, great segment. Loved it. I think Ridgely's my favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> he rocked. He rocked pretty hard. Yeah. Rocked harder than Rat, maybe. Yeah, yeah. arguably. Which is, which is very hard to do. Yeah. Very hard. Very, very. Because they have two T's in their name, so you know they rock yeah. hard. Mm-hmm. T-T. And speaking of rock hard, rigor mortis, sometimes people die. <laughs> and that's why this is the In Memoriam segment. In Memoriam. <laughs> um, God. Uh, can't believe we're already here. But also, you know, now I'm not trying to set up a, you know, a world here where I'm saying that you know, we're trading off one person dies and another one born, but I'm just saying that is what happens. This is also in bo- in Borneum. In memoriam right. slash in Borneum. So oh, very nice. even though we may lose someone, we may get someone that we're going to grow to love along the way. And, you know, sometimes when people die, they die by murder. And we murdered the song Because I Love You by Stevie B from 1990 our least favorite song. That, so that is going to be the in memoriam song for this segment. Okay. Um, so I would like to say RIP to um, Hollywood l- ladies of legend, Ava Gardner and Greta Garbo, you know, uh, oh, farewell no. ah. on 1990. Um, but welcome Kristen Stewart and Emma Watson and Margot Robbie, new Hollywood oh. ladies of legend. Ah. We lost two, but we gained three. Oh, actually, we gained four because Jennifer Lawrence, also oh. born. Oh, I'm sorry. We gained four, so that's a pretty good trade. Yeah, big legends. Fair trade, we're not going to play that game, but 
yeah, that's a pretty fair trade. Uh, um, okay, Sammy Davis Jr., R.I.P. Uh, Sammy Davis Jr. My namesake. Your namesake uh, died. Um, but uh, we did get uh, Jonathan Lipnicki born in 1990, which is which is crazy to think about. Like when you think like, oh yeah, like he's the same age as Margot Robbie and then, but you only picture Lipnicki as a little kid. So it's yeah, weird to right. like think of them at the at the same age range, but we did get um, Lipnicki and would put in a great performance in a few years. Um, so uh, he kind of is like the Sammy Davis Jr. of his little crew. He was. Yeah. And um, when you watch him in Jerry Maguire, he, he had like such short little legs and arms. He almost looked like a puppet. And But we know that he wasn't puppeteered by legend Jim Henson, who also died in 1990. Uh, um, it's Jim Henson, big... Muppeteered. Mu- yeah, muppeteered. Um, uh, so we have to say goodbye to Jim, Jim Henson. But we're going to say hello. Hey, puppeteered. I'm sure some of his puppets had tears. Too, oh, yes. Karmic uh, cried. Yeah. Piggy cried. I'm sure they did. So we say goodbye to Jim Henson, but we say hello to Dev Patel. Um, a great actor who has, oh. has emerged over us. the last couple of years. Uh, he was born in England. We're going to say goodbye to Rex Harrison, another Hollywood icon, my fair lady. Uh, a, 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 you know, from the old days of Hollywood. He had to move over for the T-Rex coming up soon <laughs> in Jurassic Park. So we say goodbye to Rex Harrison, yeah. uh, uh, the star of the screen, but we get Clay Thompson and Damian Lillard, two of the best basketball players wow. uh, of oh. our generation, born in 1990. Yep. Uh, also Paul George and Draymond Green. All these guys yes. were born one year after us, and they seem like they're 40 years older than us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, just on their maturity level. Not maturity level, but they just look like, you know, men. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do not. And finally, we say goodbye to definitely unproblematic Roald Dahl. Um, definitely no problems, you know, about per- opinions on Jews or anything like that. But we say goodbye to Roald Dahl. We say hello to JoJo, one of Dan's favorites. Oh, she's great. Love JoJo. She, uh, Love her. She's come back recently in a major way. Mm-hmm. Her yes. album was, was fun. It was enjoyable. Yeah, so, uh, you know, lots of other people died and lots of other people were born, but we could be here all year if we do it. So we're going to we're gonna cut it off there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to cut it out, uh, cut it off with uh, no warning, just like how these people probably lost their lives. You know, it just happens. And yeah. There's yeah. no warning to it. Not always. Um, well, sometimes there's a little bit of a warning. Yeah. You know, that's what hospice is. Yes. It's yeah. a warning. You're about to die. Um some guests, former guests of the show, likely born this year. Uh, Who? Maybe Joe might have been born this year. Oh, Joe, yeah. yeah. Joe, Joe McAvecki, born this year, I think. He may be, yep. he may be an 89 guy. I, I don't know for sure. No, he's 1990. Zach Jones, probably. Zach Jones. 90. Or maybe. He could be 89. Uh, could be 89. I don't know. Sorry. I don't know, actually. <laughs> he might be 90 as well. Uh, uh, Barn Planet, 90? Yeah. Yeah. He's ninety. Barn Planet. Uh, Mark from po- Mark from Podbean. All these people born this year, they're they're turning thirty this year. Yeah. Wow. All these people turning thirty. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard, <laughs> yeah. and welcome uh, aboard our uh, our. This yeah. was the launch of our yearly context corners. Yes. Where we put the year into context. Yeah. Dan and Bravo, a podcast news magazine, a cultural yes. platform, and the year in question is nineteen ninety. Yeah, and you heard us do some stuff. Maybe you didn't hear us do some other stuff because we cut it out. We don't know. Uh, you know, we're gonna get, we're gonna figure it out as we go. 
But uh, I enjoy doing it. I learned, Same. you know, a lot of great stuff. Me too. Um, I think uh, I think this is going to be a fun thing to do going forward, and I'm interested to see how this colors the charts. Uh, <laughs> when we cover the will this color the voting of <laughs> the songs? Right. Yeah. Will this influence? <laughs> will previous knowledge influence? Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm definitely going to be thinking about like during that tournament, like the Republican politics at the time. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to really wonder about the joke that Dave could have made about John Boehner. <laughs> and, and I'm really going to like wonder, like, what was the best meal that Dan stole <laughs> right. yeah, from, <laughs> from the dining hall? Oh, but I love it all. It was very fun, guys. Glad to be back for season five. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're, we're going to continue. It doesn't stop here. In fact, it just has begun. So we'll see it. Uh, I think our next episode is our tournament, right? Oh, I think we said tournament. Next. Yeah, it's going to be. So we're going to have the first year of our Board Bills tournament. 1990, new balls. New, new balls. balls. This, that's the big story this year is new balls. Yeah, new balls. Um, and a lot of great tunes, hopefully. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, I am presenter Brandon. And uh, I am one years old. Goodbye. Yeah, presenter Danny here. Later. And I would say goodbye, but I don't know how to yet. I'm Baby Dave. <laughs> Bye. 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 Thank you and TY for listening to Dan and Brave Presents. You can follow us on Twitter at Dan and Brave and on Instagram and Facebook at Dan and Brave Presents. God bless you all. And long live Dan and Brave.